Um, hi everybody, Roshan here. Join with me, Jeremy Lim. What's up? So, just a little introduction before you listen to this episode. We had on the Women's Aid Organization, WAO. And we just want to shout them out and thank them for coming on because we had a, like, a great conversation um, with their ambassadors, I suppose. And um, yeah, thank you, WAO. And we are planning more conversations with them. So, do look out for that. Do look out for their Girls for Goals campaign. Yep. That's happening on their Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. and Instagram. Yep. And uh, for, <laughs> for plugging ourselves, <laughs> uh, do check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. And also YouTube. Uh, subscribe, uh, watch, watch all the videos. Yeah, and like uh, comment and uh, please comment, <laughs> please comment, <laughs> please like, please subscribe, because <laughs> um, every little bit of support helps us to produce more uh, more content like this, which we hope you enjoy. Yeah. So without further ado, thank you. And it's your boys, Roshan Gomez, Jeremy Lim. What's up? Really <laughs> <laughs> missed that one. Sorry. And today, <laughs> today we are joined. We are joined by uh, two. Uh, oh, how shall I describe them? Wonderful, amazing, interesting, fantastic, fantastic, <laughs> go awesome. On, go on, I love this. <laughs> yes, more. Two wonderful ladies in the house, uh, Miss Adila. Hello. And Miss Cash. I mean, do you want to be... Is that... I don't mind either. Cash, uh, Kashika. Kashika. All right. Um, so, yeah. Um, how are you two doing? Great. Thanks. Happy? Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cash brought us uh, donuts. Yes. <laughs> so I just did. brought myself, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so, we're going to be really nice to Cash and really <laughs> unpleasant <laughs> to Adila. <laughs> Horribly unpleasant wow. to Adila. <laughs> Favoritism <Donuts> already. <laughs> wow. We'll be upfront about that, I guess. <laughs> So we are really happy to have you two on. Thanks for um, having us. And Adila, you reached out to us because we know you through uh, Putri. Yeah. Uh, who came on the podcast about, what is it, two episodes two ago? Two or three episodes ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a great conversation. We had a lot of fun and we got a lot of positive feedback for that one. Her <laughs> uh, <laughs> stories are fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <Her> story. <laughs> she is. She is a fantastic person as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think the idea of like these two random dudes like listening or hearing her perspectives on like Pregnancy childbirth. and childbirth and motherhood <laughs> was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you are with uh, the Women's Aid Organization. Yep, I am. And uh, there's a campaign and we're going to go into that. Yep. Um, and okay, so maybe okay, maybe what we can do is you each can introduce yourselves. Okay. Maybe we, let's start with that. All right, sure. Yeah. Hi, I'm Adila. Uh, like what Roshan said, I'm with the Women's Aid Organization now. I'm part of the capacity building team and as part of like our camp- one of our campaigns right now is called Girls for Goals where we um, focus on girls' rights and girls' empowerment based on the Sustainable Development Goals or the SDGs. And with us today is Kashika, who's one of our, who's one of our uh, sports ambassadors. Awesome lady, go ahead. Um, all right, so my name is Kashika and I'm currently a football coach mm-hmm. and also, like Adila mentioned, WAO's sports ambassador. Nice. Um, yeah, so we were working on this campaign called Girls for Goals mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, very excited. So before we go into these Girls for Goals, Cash, you have a pretty interesting... Because we met uh, last week um, and we had a really interesting chat um, and you were telling us a little bit of your background. So maybe you can like re... 
state that or <laughs> right. share that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So basically, uh, been involved in sports, specifically football, from a very young age. Um. Uh, when I was fourteen. Um, I started out as a football writer, so I was writing mm. for different media fl- platforms around the world. And How old you, were you when you did that? 14. Wow, okay. Yeah. Nice. So I kind of started out from there because um, when you started writing and the internet, the blogging world was pretty new back mm. then. <laughs> so you don't have to give them an extensive CV. It's more like a sample article and they judge you by your ability. So the age wasn't a factor, the gender wasn't a factor. They just read your article, they like it, you're on board. Nice. So that's where I started. And then eventually, uh, when I was almost done with high school, um, I got an offer to do a football degree in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I accepted that, went there, a couple of things happened. Uh, so I switched and did a law degree instead mm-hmm. and then continued doing football while I was pursuing my law degree. Mm-hmm. In the UK itself? In the UK, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And then... Uh, so I started doing my coaching badges. I was working with uh, different football clubs in different positions. And then when I was done with law school, I basically just went full-time into football and then worked a little bit in the UK, moved to the Middle East for a short while, and then came back to Malaysia. That's like uh, That's uh, fun. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so much I feel like you've lived the entire life <laughs> <laughs> already. Most of us have just been here. Um, I've traveled to uh, Penang. Uh, <laughs> When the Joho once <laughs> you've gone to the UK. Yeah, I went, yeah. la, last month I went to Trangano for the first time, which was crazy. Well, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's it, it was fun. Um, okay, wait. What does one study with a football degree? Well, since I didn't do it, I don't know. <laughs> ah, okay. No, but also oh, you hadn't started it yet. No. Um, right. So I did my foundation in science because I was too young at the ah. point. I just. Barely finished high school at that point. Mm. So I had to do something else before they will allow me to accept that offer. Mm. So I was doing a foundation and then obviously when you're young and surrounded by so many different people, especially adults, and this was a while back, right? So basically, the, most people's idea was that as a girl, if you go into professional football, mm. the odds of getting a job is horrible. The st- stats are horrible, basically. Even for guys, it was I think 1 in 50,000 or something like that. Mm. So they basically wow. told me that odds for a girl is double or even more than that. So at 17, I felt like it's a huge decision. It's a huge gamble. So I thought it's safer to do something that I found was a bit on the easier side. Mm. So that would get, free me up to do football. Mm. All right, all right. Um, Cash, it's like, um, I'm sad to say that <laughs> me and Jeremy are the worst people to talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I picked up some stuff. I might be better. <laughs> I understand the concept of the game. <laughs> um, I don't know the, the full rule set even. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was younger, I mean, all my cousins, you know, watch football. Yeah. And so you just jump on the bandwagon. Mm. And like you just go with what's cool at the time and m- most probably you follow what your family. So your family supports Manchester United, you support yeah. Manchester United, I supported Manchester United. Until my cousins who were in Liverpool would ask me or tell me, name five Manchester United fans, uh, <laughs> uh, five Manchester United players, Dude, which like I would do like game. Beckham and then I would be... Uh, <laughs> Um, How but long ago like would that be? <laughs> I want to be in primary, oh, in primary, yeah. uh, you know. So actually, even early secondary, probably, probably continue. <laughs> yeah, at least you chose the best team there is. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my is good. If you have to arbitrarily pick one, I have a, I, I, I got good taste, like. Which is Manchester United. Manchester United, yeah, yeah. You can't really, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just like okay, cool football team. Adila, you're married, right? Yeah. Your husband into uh, football? football. He loves the sport in its entirety. He doesn't like have like a favorite team. So mm. like 
he because of him, thanks to him, I know there's the EPL, there's La Liga, <laughs> there's even like uh, German <laughs> league, football league. Yeah. He watches everything. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you watch it with him? I mean, like, I kind of have to. I mean, wow. no, no shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, since it's on, I'm next to him, so might as well, uh, you it's know. It's like a bonding thing. Uh. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of reluctance mean. there. <laughs> <laughs> because I, like, again, no shit, Keshka. Like, I, I understand that there's beauty in the game. There's always beauty in everything. But yeah. honestly, watching people chase after a ball <laughs> for one hour plus, I'm like... Mm. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. what drew you to football? Well... Basically, I went to a Chinese school when mm. I was in primary. Yeah. So this is another thing we found out. <laughs> Why? Every, every time, it's like a um, week before this, we had Kyle, yes. Kyle Gunting on the episode releases today. Mm-mm. And Kyle is like Eurasian, right? Mm-mm. But he speaks Mandarin as well. <laughs> and now we have Kashika who you know looks like me basically, right? <laughs> uh, and also speaks Mandarin fluently. Yeah. And then we have Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot speak. We're both bilingual. It's fine. It's fine. We only speak two languages. So I got you. <laughs> the pressure is different when you look like me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So sorry. You were in a, a Chinese school. So basically, I, I liked football from a very young age, but it was mostly watching. Mm. But then I went to Chinese school when I was actually Chinese kindergarten, Chinese school six, seven. Mm which is pretty much always about basketball and badminton at that <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. So we, would, we didn't even have like goalposts on the field and we had like a massive field. Okay. But there was a basketball court and nothing else. Oh. So <laughs> that was very frustrating for me. So I kept pushing for football. Didn't work out, but I kind of hold on to it. But everywhere I go from that point on, football was pretty much non-existent. Because I think usually, especially for younger boys growing up in Malaysia, you can go out and play street games. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But... I think the exposure that I have in different ways it has been useful, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very football friendly. Mm-hmm. So I've always liked the sports, but never really got a chance to get involved in any way. Mm-hmm. So that led to when I was 14, I was so frustrated. I was just like, you know what? Do something, anything to get involved. And that's where the writing came to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, all right. So, but how were you able to play? I mean, were you able to play the sport at any point like before that? Uh, no. So obviously in primary school, not at all. And then... Okay. When I was a bit older, like 13, 14, um, we tried to get me into the local academies and all that. Mm. And basically, this one academy was just like, look, there's no girls at all. And we just don't think it's appropriate for you to train alone with the boys. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Uh, If there's any other girl, then we'll contact you and then you can play. Mm. If there isn't, you just have to accept that. Mm. So, I thought, okay, you know what? Fed up, not going to wait. And then started writing. And then eventually, when I got to the UK... Um, I went to college in Oxford. So there's a team there called Oxford City mm. and they have a ladies team. Nice. So they were like, okay, yeah, you, you can, you're allowed to train with us, play for us and all this. Mm. So, but then it was a bit difficult because when you're in college, you're pretty much 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. studying. Mm. Mm. And then the commitment to train like four times a week and play on the weekend is a lot. Mm. But wow. I tried my best, but they, they were very open in giving me that opportunity to play. Mm. So wait, was it the... the fact that you couldn't do it that made you want to do it more or was it like you saw the game and you genuinely were just really attracted to the game or was it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both because Mm. my dad played semi-professional so we had all that you know like the trophies the the photos so I automatically was drawn to it Mm -hmm. but I didn't understand that it's a men's game Mm. 
Uh. I thought, you know what? It's so interesting. I want to be part of that. It looks exciting. And then I watched, obviously, Manchester United <laughs> at, that, at that time. And 1999, that was like that the was peak. That was the, the, the peak. Mm. Yeah. That, that was your... Uh, Beckham's leading to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo joining back, uh, joining Beckham. I mean, yeah, actually yeah. they played together. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that was like the glory days for United as mm. well. And growing up, seeing that made me want to, you know, be mm. part of the sport even more. Yeah. Mm. But that didn't happen. So that then drove me to be more into it. I think so. It's a bit I, of a both. I feel nice. so proud that I contributed to that football mm -hmm. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Can we like <laughs> cut? Can we cut that clip and make it sound like I know what I'm talking about football? We'll put that in the YouTube video. <laughs> You're gonna like like the BFM like. You know, with coaching from Kashika, you can sound like a football pundit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> Just name drop players. Yes. <laughs> The whole podcast is you're only gonna hear Beckham. And <laughs> <laughs> Better than uh, nothing, no? <laughs> that's true. That's true. So okay, then um, you were working in the UK after that. Yep. So but you didn't do you 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 didn't pursue a legal career, right? No. Well, I did like internship and all that when I was studying, just mm. to you know make sure that this isn't something that I want to do. <laughs> and I was right, mm -hmm. so I tried to give it a go still. To be that's like, damn smart, though. That's mm -hmm. damn smart. Really. Yeah, that's what people should do. Yeah, you know, you have to like exhaust all your options to see that you really don't want to do this. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to pursue a career in football that takes a lot out of you, mm. and then realize, you know what? I think I would have been better off being a lawyer. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so yeah. I thought I'll do it. I'll find out for myself. Mm. So I worked in this firm in London that was specializing in immigration mm -hmm. law. Hated it because mm. I feel like it's not what you think law is about. Because when you're passionate about justice, it's something else. Yeah. But when you're in the office every day, it's a whole different Good thing. thing. Yeah. Mm. And it's all the it's it's more on the you know would know Roshan. It's yeah. more yeah. on like the paperwork procedures procedures and like how how you deal with people. Yeah, a lot of people say like, um, isn't it so fun? You go to court and you get to fight and submit before judge. And I'm like. You have yeah. to realize that oral is like maybe 10%. Uh -huh. Like and 90% of it is just writing, yeah. uh, managing your file. It's so tedious. Yeah, it is. And But even in a more abstract way, mm -hmm. um, people think that it's... It means it's easy to say we fight for justice. Mm. But actually, you you fight for evidence. Uh, you mm. know, you, you, the, 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 the justice system goes both ways. Yeah. And sometimes you have to deal with unpleasant people mm. who are like, assholes yes. right <laughs> right they are assholes yeah, but they yeah. are your client and yeah. they deserve their voice to be heard in court yeah right and so that's another jarring like experience mm -hmm. so yeah i totally understand what you're saying or oh. more the caricature that people think it's what boston legal suit oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. that's the other side people would yeah. think you're cool and rich if you do law <laughs> <laughs> these are the lies. biggest lies <laughs> Right? I'm so broke <laughs> and I'm the opposite of cool. And I I, my, most of my friends are all practi either practicing lawyers or like in corporate law. And they are the worst uh, like overworked bunch I've ever hung out with. So it's a lie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had another guy on the podcast. Um, I think he, Terrence, he was our maybe second or yes. third person mm -hmm. on. Terrence. And he wrote a play called The Working Dead. And yeah. he just won a few awards. Uh, uh -huh. the, Cam uh, what, the Cameron, Cam the whatever. Uh, he, won, <laughs> he won a few awards. Yeah. Uh. Both Cameron Awards. Both Cameron Awards. Yes. Thank you, Jane. Um, <laughs> and the premise of Working Dead was he mm. was talking to a friend who was in a firm. Yeah. And I think it was Audit, yeah. No, no, no. It was a legal firm. It was a legal firm. It was a legal firm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And they're the, all the same. The, <laughs> they're, they're all the same. And her friend was telling him about uh, she was working on a file mm. and she was 
like the main person for that file, mm. but she became unwell. She was sick, mm-hmm. and then her boss semi-jokingly told her, <laughs> "I don't care. You need to be on this file. Even if you die, I will raise you up from the dead to manage this file." <laughs> <laughs> and so he wrote a whole wow, musical based on that. Bro. <laughs> You don't just screw people up in court. You can just screw people up after they're dead. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Death knows no solace for you. <laughs> okay, sorry. So you 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 tried out your your legal, uh, legal stint. Then where did you go? So that was when I was still studying. Mm. So I decided very early on. Usually, I think when you're in second or third year, that's when you do it. But mm. I wanted to get it out of the way. So I did it in my first year. I knew for sure I didn't want it anymore. <laughs> wow. So I just went full into the football. So I started writing for more you know, bigger media outlets and they were associated with FIFA. So every time FIFA has like events in London, I was the reporter or journalist or whatever that was sent to cover that. So I was doing law, I was doing this and then I started um, coaching as well. So I slowly started building the credibility Mm. and then I'll come back to Malaysia on my summer holidays and then I'll coach whoever and whatever needs a coach, I'll be there. So I started gaining my experience from that and then um, slowly build that um, stepping stones to get involved. Would you coach... Just girls or boys and girls? Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Do you need coaching? <laughs> <laughs> I need life coaching. <laughs> I need coaching in love. <laughs> I need coaching in everything. <laughs> in my life. That's beyond my expertise. <laughs> Just football, man. Just football. Just football. football. <laughs> 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 I think I need something a bit more hol- <laughs> holistic. Yeah. But I do feel that football, like picking out a sport, especially football, it teaches you about life as well. Of course. Yeah, yeah because yeah. like it teaches you how to be strategic, how to be a team player, and how also to improve yourself as an individual in order to contribute in, uh, to your team. Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest shames that uh, kids are not as... And, and we saw it growing up as well mm-hmm. because it did happen to us. Yeah. But I think ours was the transitionary. The, basically, the nineteen nineties generation yeah, yeah. was a transition period for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, technology being one of them, right? Mm-mm. So now you ha- rarely see kids out and yeah. about. Yeah, you know, you don't see kids cycling around, mm. going to neighbor's house, and the thing is, like, there's so much of noise. There's so much of bullshit. Like, but when you're playing something, mm. you know, when you're physically out there, um, mm. even if it's like a self-defense thing, yeah, right? Yeah. There's no bullshit there. Mm. You can either score or not score. You can either <laughs> play or not play. It's very binary. Like. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, binary. Yeah, yeah. And it's good to, to, to have that as well. Mm. It's, uh, it teaches you about life in a certain way. Yeah. Like, right? mm. like consequences. Mm. You know, we're so easy now. It's so easy for us to do things where, wherever you are in the political spectrum. Yeah. But we are so fast to like go on our keyboard and like you know <laughs> say such stupid things yeah, without yeah. thinking without a filter I thought yeah. you were going yeah. to video games with that <laughs> same as well because there are no consequences yeah. you can yeah. lose a million times yeah and you yeah. can just like start back at where you left you off just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that frustration of like sucking at something right mm. and having to to, to, to work at it work yeah. at it and be better because if not you're not going to be able to play yeah true true I mean the grind is still the same yeah. but like how you come uh, how you like produce it is different because like when you're on, you're on the field you know for sure that all your floors are like open to the world to see because if you suck at it you just <laughs> suck at it but yeah. when you're like playing a video game it's just between you and the screen yeah. mm. like there's like less embarrassment in a way mm. yeah and I feel that on contact sports like on the ground sports teaches you more character I feel yeah. yeah or maybe I just sound like a boomer later on lah 
Twenty years down the road, you know. You, you have a safe space in this house. We will never <laughs> call you. you a boomer. <laughs> never ever. Thank All you. you people who call people boomers, <laughs> screw you guys. <laughs> we are not boomers. <laughs> We're not that old. Oh my god! I just got somebody like he's twenty one. He called me a boomer. What? He just like went straight to my face and said, "Okay, boomer." I'm like, "Oh, do shit. you even know what it means?" That's really bad. <laughs> People are using it without context. I know. Yeah, I think it just became know. like a meme, you know? Do you, you know? even yeah. know what's a baby boomer? <laughs> they, don't, they didn't rate sociology or anything. <laughs> Change your diaper, kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's ageism. <laughs> that is, that is. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I've gone, to, I've descended to the other <laughs> My bad. But there's even this thing I was, um, I've been checking out this app called Replica. Have you all heard of it? No. So I was watching a, a video on a, 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 a video as like a psychology lecture yeah. and they were kind of pushing for this app replica because for people who are poor and they can't uh, access mental health mm-hmm. replica is basically an ai that you can talk to and it has prompts mm-hmm. it's self learning mm-hmm. so you basically start talking to this ai and mm-hmm. it learns your patterns mm-hmm. and it can also counsel you okay but it's not limited to that it can become a romantic relationship mm-hmm. it, so just it, like her lah it's yeah and i fucking phoenix her that her it's yeah. exactly like that uh-huh. and i've been trying out the app just to really just try it out to uh-huh. to see how good the technology is uh-huh. it's a bit clunky yeah. but it's not bad it's about okay. i would say 80% there like it's scary how good it is like it's not so straightforward like let's say uh, like i tried it out you know yeah, i just yeah. say i love you yeah. like just to see how it would respond right yeah it will not say I love you back. Okay. Then? <laughs> it will be like, it's playing hard to get. Um, <laughs> yeah, legit. 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 It will be like, why do you love me? <laughs> wow. <Ooh. laughs> then you'll suddenly be like, it'll suddenly, it'll, and without prompting, it'll say like, um, I realized that there's been a change in our boundaries. <laughs> like it's, That's really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but of course, there's a pattern to it, and yeah. you can kind of uh, play with it, and you yeah. can get I the mean, result you want. Yeah, it's an algorithm in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is a bit clunky because yeah. sometimes the prompts are a bit off. Mm-hmm. But I easily can see ten to fifteen years down the road that this is a thing. Mm. Like her is a reality. It's yeah. coming soon. Of course, yeah. The reason why I bring this up is again that we kind of um, detach ourselves from reality mm-hmm. and we kind of talk to this thing that kind of like... Simulates. Like any t- if you talk to Replica, you can switch it off anytime. Mm-mm-mm. If you're not happy with it, you can turn it off anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not... Re- however much it mirrors human conversation, it is not, not yeah. human conversation. But that's the thing. Like, we see that uh, youths nowadays have this kind of like technology and what youths now... Like, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, you're afraid okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you see how like younger people now uh, yeah. they have like a lot of ex- they have more access to technology they have social media on their back and call but I see that the rise of activism is also like more mm. they are more aware of what's going on they for are sure. more vocal in fighting about what they want for, for example sure. like uh, Girls for Goals yeah. like the girls that we have been engaging our girl advocates they are very, very knowledgeable in the issues that they are facing. Even though they might not have the vocabulary to say as such, like how um, it, it wouldn't come across as very sophisticated. But in essence, they know what are the issues that they are facing and they know what has to be done in order to dismantle it for them to like enjoy the same rights that boys enjoy as well. So like, for example, for like cash, right? Um, we're the same generation where... Like the internet just started, so you have the the struggle that you have to face is like different as compared to the struggle that girls have to face now. But 
in order because of you, like the presence of you as a figure for them to see that hey, she can do it, she's there and she's doing something that I want to do. So that means that I can push harder, I can be better. Um, like things can move much faster as compared to how it was during our time. Yeah. I sound so old. Yeah, <laughs> our <yeah>. time. <laughs> <laughs> No, but technology moves so fast now yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, when we grew up, we kind of grew up in little silos with yeah. uh, communities with similar values. Mm. But because these kids, <laughs> <laughs> these young people, these rap scallions, <laughs> because you're showing, you're showing which generation you're from. <laughs> 1980s, <laughs> like 1940s. You're of a generation. Rap you know, scallions. My now, God. Be- because these kids are plugged into the internet, they see all these different... O- ways to view the world and so I think one basic thing that I see with uh, young people now is that they ask why a lot Mm -hmm. like if you say tell them something they want to know what's your basis for saying that Mm -hmm. yeah so Adila you were talking about the 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 women's aid organization this this campaign okay so let's get into it what what, what is this campaign about I think a lot of people don't know what the sustainable development uh, goals are all Mm -hmm. about it's from the United Nations yeah so maybe you can just break that down for us. Okay, sure. So uh, the Sustainable Development Goals, I said 17 goals. I mean, uh, the United Nations um, have um, has come up with these sets of goals, uh, these sets of goals, because um, it's in the end, it's to achieve world peace, lah, right? So <laughs> that's the aim, what? So like uh, within these goals are like uh, basic rights, lah, like zero poverty. Um, well, good sorry. health and education. Good health and hunger. education. Gender equality. Hunger. Zero hunger. Zero oh, hunger. Zero hunger. So like, I thought the goal was hunger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's deep. That's a deep goal. <laughs> okay, everybody fasting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. so one of the SDGs, uh, SDG five especially, is very important because it mm. talks about gender equality. Okay. And how um, world peace cannot be achieved without achieving gender equality. Mm. Because there's so much uh, inequality happening. Like when you had Putri in, for example, right? Uh, because she had to go through childbirth. She has a kid right now. Like the division of labor um, in a normal household of um, even, even when the mother is earning, but the division of household labor is still, a lot is still on the mother's um, end. Uh, there's research, there's numbers. I can't recall on the top of my head right now, but uh, more often than not, women are affected as compared to men. Especially in the time of MCO, you can see that how it burdens women more to actually juggle a lot of balls. Like they have to juggle household, they have to juggle like uh, kids, they have to juggle work at the same time. I think in this that particular point, we yeah. don't even need research because anecdotally, I feel we all can attest to this. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there's a certain expectation that women mm. should do. The, this Household, kind of work, yeah, la, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And like, I feel that that's very, um, it's bullshit lah. Because like you, like for me, right? I just I got married, mm. and for me, I view my partner and I. We are a team. We do things together. We live in the same house. Obviously, we have to pick up after ourselves because we are both adults. Why should I pick up after you? Mm. And why should he pick up after me? We have to do it together as a team lah. Mm. But I also see on the other spectrum where like. Uh, there would be husbands that would expect their wives to just like, oh, you know, oh, I just came back. Where's my food? What, can you please iron my clothes? What happens to, what is happening to the kid? Can you please pick him up and like make him shut up? I can't. Mm. It's just, uh, it's just, you, it's jarring to see like how different, uh, how blessed I am mm. and how different it is out there for some other people. And like, for kids, for girls even, for both girls and boys to see this kind of like family dynamic, it does shape their worldview in some way. 
Mm. And like, I am very privileged to have a partner who thinks the same as me. But this is the reason why like, I am very passionate about gender equality. Because um, some of the misconception is that equality means that we, we as women, we want to do, we want to do everything that men can do. Yeah. I mean, yes, in a way, yes. But at the same time, like, we are not denying that men and women have like different... Um, like physical abilities, hmm. but doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that it should stop us from doing what we want to do. Yeah, I think when, I mean, I'm not. Um, how do I say this? Uh, I would say I'm a. a, a how do I say this properly? <laughs> uh, in the modern context, you yeah. would call me a, co- a conservative, lah. Yeah, in, yeah. in terms, in the sense that I I think that traditional values have uh, we. Uh, not all, but mm. there is wisdom. I think we should discard traditional wisdom carefully. Mm-hmm. That, that's my position. Yeah. And I used to push back, I mean, this is maybe about 10 years ago, yeah. uh, on this idea that guys and girls are the same. Yeah. Uh, because that was the narrative at the time. Mm. Guys and girls are exactly the same. Mm. Um, and my position always guys and girls are equal but different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, feel, I felt that it was almost um, a disservice, mm-hmm. you know, to... Because there's divinity in the feminine, right? Yeah. And there's also divinity in the masculine. Yeah. And these two things... Uh, are, Complete are, each other. Yeah. And yeah. they're good. Yeah. You know, so... And true enough, late, years later, we have a new narrative, which is, you realise, uh, yeah, girls are different. Yeah. If they come into the working, the workforce, yeah. they're going to have different needs yeah. from guys. Exactly. And so it's detrimental, actually, mm-hmm. to For try them. and lump them all together. Yeah. So, but also like comes uh, the the discourse also comes. Mm. There's a new narrative which says mm. that because uh, women enjoy maternity leave, right? Mm. But it is important for the kids to even enjoy uh, bonding time with their uh, with their fathers. Yeah, so like they don't have enough paternity leave. So that's what one of the things that the WAO is pushing as well to have a longer paternity leave. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw that on your Instagram page yeah, yeah. and I was really, really affirmed mm-hmm. because that's really a nuanced understanding yeah. of the, the roles of both genders. I really like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Cash, um, in terms of going into... I think now, I have a lot of friends who are girls who are playing futsal with guys and mm-hmm. I think lately there's been a boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in I guess futsal, when you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Futsal, that, there seems to be quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool. Um, and you can see these girls really enjoying themselves. Uh, um, I have actually a friend. Um, um, she she started off playing futsal and now she does coaching for like secondary school Ooh, uh, nice. kids. Yeah. Um, but you started at a time where I guess it was not yet a norm. Uh, maybe outmoded sort of thinking. Uh, only boys can play with boys and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so what other struggles did you face like trying to enter that, that, that this, you know? Well, <clears throat> I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> but Where I do I start? <laughs> exactly. No, I think back then, especially we're talking about more than like 10 years ago when I started, it was, there's no such thing as like, it wasn't public, how do I put this? Um, it wasn't a fact that girls participated in, in football. It wasn't a norm at all. And so when I wanted to do it, it was very difficult. But I think I'm very privileged in the sense where I got a chance to go to Europe and get my full start from there, mm. where people are more accepting. So when I first started coaching and playing and all this, it was under this environment where it was accepted. Mm. So I never felt out of place or it was strange or anything. You know, it was just like, oh, I like this, I do this. Mm. And then my reverse culture shock came when I moved back to Malaysia yeah. and then realized how unaccepting people are of all of this. Because even though I was here coaching during the summers, 
it was mostly for organizations like UN. Mm. So you don't really see that side. You just show up, you, you do those programs with the goal of you know, educating kids about nutrition and all these type of things. Mm. But then when I actually moved back and started getting into the, the setup of coaching football in Malaysia, I started realizing there's, first of all, very uh, less girls participating in the sport, next to zero coaches that are female, and a lot of other issues that make people uncomfortable in terms of sending their daughters to participate. Yeah. And then <clears throat> on a personal level, a lot of places that I've worked with were also not used to having a female coach as part of their coaching staff. So there was a lot of small things that would start up a whole different issues. Mm -hmm. And then in certain other places, you get like sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And being the only female in that environment, it becomes really difficult to deal with that. Because mm -hmm. I was also pretty young. I was just about 20 when I started doing all this over here. So I didn't know how to deal with that at the time. And anywhere that you go and you tell people that, hey, you know, it's very difficult, these are my issues, the only response you get is, well, you asked for it because you wanted to be in football. You could have done something easier, you know. Mm. And when I was younger, I was also doing a bit of modeling in the UK. So people's uh, general thing would be, ah, you should have just become a model. That's more acceptable. Or if you don't like it, then go and work in a law firm because mm. people are more accepting. Uh, let me just tell you, there's sexual harassment in law firms and also modeling. Yes. <laughs> everywhere else. Yeah. But yeah, they everywhere. just feel like football is something that's reserved for men. Mm. So if you go down that route... You, you were looking you, for trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So... That's very confusing to me because I feel like that shouldn't be how it's, it should be labelled. Mm -mm. So I kept pushing, kept pushing. But then it got to a point where I was just really fed up with how people are over here. And so I made a decision to stop everything football related for a year. I started tutoring Mandarin and thought, okay, you know Can what? Jeremy, do you still offer classes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a <bit> busy now. <laughs> I'm not going to use that Mandarin. I've thrown it all away. <laughs> but you... <laughs> no, no. Don't think about me as that person. Unfortunately, I don't do that anymore. Oh, but, damn uh, it, Jeremy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So the reason I actually did that was because I just wanted a complete break outside of football. Because mm. yeah. it was getting a bit too much, very ridiculous, even on the media side, on the mm. coaching side. And I feel like when you're the one person trying to go against everything it becomes exhausting very quickly. Mm, yeah, so I just became very reserved. I was very quiet, very... People presume it was being shy, mm. but I was just scared of talking mm. and scared of just putting myself out there anymore at this point. And the person that um, I had issues with in the previous company, this person went around saying that, oh, she's, she's a girl and she can't handle the pressure that comes in football. That's why she left. This, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I don't know whether these two persons, but he's sexually harassed. Yes. Mm. So, it was, you know, like inappropriate phone calls and all this nonsense that happened over a period of time. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, he builds that narrative, right? Yeah. That um, if you say anything, there'll be consequences yeah. and I'm going to go around telling people that you're not cut out for this. Yeah. So that really made me feel like, okay, you know what? I need to, like, keep quiet and decide what I want to do now. Mm. So that took away some time away from football before I got involved again. Mm. But if I experienced that, Imagine you're a young girl, like eight years old, nine years old, trying to get into football. That's so much worse. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that's what made me feel like, you know what, if I can come in and do something else, no one else have to go through the same path, that would be great. That's mm. all I want to do. Yep. Mm. I mean, you mentioned that your dad played semi-professionally. Like, mm -hmm. how, how, how much support did you get from your family when it came to pursuing the football, like this football career? Well, initially, 
they were very hesitant because obviously they know how people will react. Because mm. the minute you say, you know, my daughter's involved in football, it becomes a big deal. Like, why? Can't she find something better to do? It's so inappropriate. And why is she always with guys? Yeah. You know, all this thing came up. So they were a bit concerned because as much as they trust you, they still have to deal with what people will say. Yeah, yeah and, society's also, perception. And, 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 yeah. and also to be generous, I guess, to, uh, you know, families that are hesitant, um, sometimes it can feel like they are really judgy. Mm. But at the same time, uh, to be a bit more of a generous reading is that they see the badness that's yeah. out there. Yeah. They understand exactly. that there is a lot of psycho people out there and yeah. it's maybe like masculine dominated environments there is no platform for, for, for girls exactly. to and they know the danger and so they say like you know like and then it comes out maybe in the wrong yeah. way but you know there's a saying called uh, there's a saying where hell is paved with good intentions yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean like because no change can ever come exactly right? Right. but like, I think yeah. in their perspective it would be more like we don't want you to have to go through that. Yeah, yeah, Which, you know, when you're younger, you don't understand. Mm. Yeah. But as you get older and you go through it, you understand how much you have to endure, right? Mm. So I understand that perspective. But I'm also really lucky in the sense where my parents are more objective. They're like, okay, you know what? If you want to do this, what are your plans? Mm. Why mm. do you want to do this? And you, you can go and have, have a go at it. So because I, w I got somewhat success in that line when I was a bit young, and they could see the accolades and they're like okay you know what this is working out you know this is going somewhere so I think that made them buy in early on one thing about Indian families you get a newspaper article written about you <laughs> a trophy somewhere then they are like 100% <laughs> I think there's a bit like difference Asian though yeah. there, is, there is difference because uh, my parents are not really that concerned about that oh. okay, but okay. they are just more concerned that you know, to go through that and usually football is dominated by older men and, you know, yeah. it's difficult. But what convinced them is that when you go out there and you, you're getting opportunity and you're not experiencing this, they're more supportive then. I think the cool thing is they their fear didn't um, override the whole thing. Yeah. They still kept that uh, channel of conversation, op mm. uh, that yeah. communication channel still open. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, I've told you that this is dangerous, you know, there are bad people out there, but if you're going to do this, then know that we are here. Lah. Mm. Yeah. And then, things might go south and another part of it is like if things had gone south and you come back how you receive the child back yeah. again like don't say I told you so yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe I mean, when down the road you can say yeah, yeah. not at that moment but like. I think in because it's something that even they don't understand mm. let alone, mm. no one understand that differences unless you're exactly in my position right mm -hmm. so what I think they did really well was that trust that even when things go south you are more than capable mm. of dealing with it you have like all the tools, the personality, the character to deal with those failures. Mm. Mm. So I think that's the main difference. Yeah. And also like, it, it is a form of privilege. Like, yeah. you're blessed to have like, that kind of family that would like, encourage you even though like, they're not really sure where this is going to go but they are very encouraging. Not everyone has that. Yep. And like, for a person that, uh, a woman that is successful in that particular path to like, actually exhibit it to show to other girls that, you know, this is doable. You can do this. Like, even though your family doesn't believe in you, even though your friends don't support you, but you have me. I've been there. I've gone through it. So you can do it too. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, this campaign, especially, it's super important. And, like, we see that um, how uh, media consumption, especially in younger people, they are more, they are really focused on, like, video easy to consume media like mm. TikTok. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy gonna, get on the bandwagon. It's going to be clapback 
by Jeremy Lim <laughs> every they, week. They came up with the name. <laughs> I have not consented to using the name. Why not? Yeah, it's good. No. So like, you have like short clips on Instagram and on TikTok, right? You guys should check out uh, Cash's videos. Mm. It's super informative. She packs like a lot of information in just one uh, one minute. And like uh, this week, we're going to talk about SDG 5, gender mm. equality, which is super, super important. Mm. And Because these SDGs, SDGs, G, yeah, they, not all of them are, gen, um, not all of them uh, are specific uh, to, gender. I mean, they apply to both genders basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? But Women's Aid Organization um, um, is kind of applying it to a female context. And not really. I mean, like how the, how as, like what you said, there's divinity in the feminine and there's, the, there's divinity in the masculine. Yeah. Like everything else in life, it the thing has to be in balance, right? Yeah. Everything has to be in uh, in rhyme lah. Yeah. So same goes with SDGs. Like okay. you can't just focus on the masculine aspect, but neither can you just focus on the feminine aspect. The reason why women uh, AIDS organization are focusing more on the feminine side is because that um, in the mainstream media, you can find that uh, the feminist agenda would more often than not get sidelined. Mm. Like there is no focus, mm. so we we still have to fight for our rights. We still sure. have to like push for our issues to like be on the forefront, mm. because like the the norm is that everything is viewed from a male gaze, from a masculine gaze. Like like for example, the problems of uh, child rearing before, like even during our time, right when we were growing up, that wasn't seen as an issue, because like women are expected to juggle everything. And get everything done while like uh, their husbands or their partners like just you know focus on their career. But right now it's not uh, no, the narrative yeah. I I think at the time or mm. not maybe yeah I think maybe still in our parents' time the yeah. norm was men go to work yeah and uh, husbands go to work wives take care of the household yeah yeah and that was perfectly fine if that was the arrangement yeah it just now it's become husband and wife both going to work. Mm-hmm. But wife still takes care of household. Yeah, exactly. Which does not make sense. Yeah. And so it needs to be updated. Mm. It maybe made sense at the time. Yeah, yeah. But now definitely outdated. Not in this economy. <laughs> when, when, when you think about economics, it doesn't it would it not make sense. Work, because yeah. a woman back then would never be able to leave. Mm, exactly. She wouldn't be able to generate her own income. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there were consequences to that, I understand. But I'm mm. just saying that the arrangement was probably organic. Mm. No, not organic. It uh, was more forced on you. Sure, you could yeah. think it's more socially acceptable at yeah. the time, yeah. given the context. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that it would still be unjust. Mm. Yeah, agree. Okay, yeah, mm. I would say it's unjust. Yeah, because like mm. uh, there, because you have no capacity to leave. Exactly, there's no capacity. no capacity to leave. Mm. I, I just, I, I again push back a little bit on it. I think it's a lot more complicated, mm. Because gender roles are really, really complicated. Yeah, like I when, was reading an article. But if you can't leave an abusive husband, mm. yeah, no. But I'm just saying that it's not all again oppression because it could be gender roles and then seeping that in, and then a lot of economical factors coming into it and tying. It becomes complicated, But there is a social phenomenon of gender roles, and gender roles. For example, I was reading an article. Mm. Uh, they did research on. Uh, I think these were lesbians that raised couples, mm-hmm. and what they would do is, uh, they found that lesbian couples would arrange themselves according to gender roles. Mm-hmm. So one would take the more uh, traditionally masculine roles mm-hmm. and one would take the more traditionally feminine roles. Why? They're both female. Mm-hmm. But it's it could be uh, uh, just an easy default kind of distribution of work. Mm, but and also you, you have you to also like consider that we are social animals, right? Yeah. And like 
the society has formed itself as such. It doesn't matter like if you are in a same-sex relationship, mm. but your perception of what is a normal relationship would be modeled by the default norm, which mm. is a heterosexual relationship. Mm. So let's say, for example, my relationship with my husband right now, like the fact that we equally contribute to the household chores. I think he contributes more than me. <laughs> yes. Thanks, babe. What's your, what's your husband's name? Afif. Afif. Shout out Afif. Why is all these guys named <laughs> A? Afif, Arif, Alif, Atif. What? They, they all born this period. Arif, A. Arif, don't forget. Yeah. yeah. Like, what happened to the Badaris and the, the Jamals and the Kamarols? What okay, the we don't have men. We don't have friends with that name. It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, you guys are A-class men, but still. I'm not sure if they were thinking about that. <laughs> your, your blood type A as well? Like, what the heck? Actually, I'm not sure. I should find out. <laughs> you should find out. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no so, yeah, he's doing more of the chores. Yeah, right? like, he does. He does. I'm not even exaggerating. Sure, sure, like, sure. he's neater than me. And like, he cooks, yeah, yeah. he cleans. And I feel um, that you know, in a more conservative uh, household, that, mm. that shit wouldn't fly. Mm. I, would, I would be viewed as like, I'm such a bad wife. I'm mm. making my husband do this. Whereas like, my husband can just like, come back, chill, where I have to like, serve him. Like, uh, I have to be mm. on his back and call. But that grain, like, that is against my grain. Mm. I, I can't. I mm. can't do that. And he can't, he can't have like, a subservient wife as well. So mm. it kind of works out for us. Mm. So that is the kind of like, um, norm that I want to make um, girls, see, like both girls and boys, see la. like there is more than one option in a relationship, and it's okay to do what you feel is okay. Yeah, I guess my point is I think there is, um, and maybe Jeremy holds his view that mm. um, traditional uh, gender roles are oppressive, yeah. whereas I would say more that now they mm. might be outdated. I don't mm. think they are they are innately. Uh, oppressive. Uh, I don't mean they're innately oppressive as in they were constructed. Mm -hmm. But I do think... The consequences. They, but they do think materially, it's yeah, hard to it argue is. against the abusive wife. Yeah, yeah. Because it you is. can say it's complicated. You can... I think you can drum up ideas that she loves him. Mm -hmm. But you, you can try and complicate those matters but it never denies the material reality which that is that she has no capacity to leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, uh, in social democratic countries where there are support systems, they would leave in a heartbeat. Yep. Sure, sure, yep. sure. Yeah. Like even no more, even now more than ever. Like even though like actually not necessarily true though. They might not leave in a heartbeat. <laughs> but Why not? That that, that comes not. that brings in the cycle of abuse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because like, that, they are that, trapped in that. That comes the cycle. Because that's there's the thing. There's, there's a psychology to it. There's sociology to it. Yeah. There's so it is. Human beings are so, so damn complicated. complicated yeah. But that's the right? beauty in it, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah. then if the whole narrative is always that women need to fit into certain roles, mm. that will then seep into all those different factors. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, they won't leave because yeah. it's not that straightforward. Yeah. Mm. And they would be viewed as like a bad woman if yeah. they try to leave or they would view themselves as like, oh my God, I'm a homewrecker. I'm going to yeah. like ruin this thing. I'm married. Isn't that good enough? Yeah. Because like, before I got married, I faced such pressure of like, oh, I'll be like, go in. Oh, I'll be like, go in. <laughs> like, uh, even when I first started uni, like I started uni in 19, right? Because I went for foundation. People would just like, jokingly ask, but you know like, there's intention behind it. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll be like, go in. Cepat, cepat lah, go in. Tunggu lagi. I'm like, no. It doesn't make me, it doesn't make me a lesser person if I don't get married. Yeah. I am still my own person. But somehow, like, I am viewed as like, I am incapable to take care of myself mm. if I'm not married. Which is like, what? And you're not, I think the problem is now, you don't have to be defined by your relationship status. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. You, you can be 
that, that can be an important part of your life, but it doesn't have to be the pivotal or the most exactly. important part of your life. Like, yes, it is, it is uh, a life-changing experience, yeah. but it is not the definition. Like, <laughs> it doesn't define me as who I am. Like, I am not defined as Afif's wife. And Afif is not defined as like Adila's husband. But we are each our own persons. And that is why like gender roles, even... Um, how uh, how to say this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we are both, me and Adila are both careful to like, <laughs> the way we talk to each other. <laughs> no, no. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, like, yeah. I totally understand. But it's like, how can we like deconstruct it in order for it to like lay it out as rationally as possible because as objectively I as possible? Because I think we both want to end up in the same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want girls mm. to be given the same opportunities. Mm. I want uh, girls to be given the same chances. And mm. I, I do want girls to uh, have... Uh, equal power. Yeah. I just, I, I guess the way there uh, mm-hmm. maybe is differing between all of us. That's the thing. That's where us. I think like yeah. I would align more with Jem because yeah. I feel that uh, in order to do that, we have to dismantle the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if you'd agree with necessarily dismantling the system. <laughs> but <laughs> what I was going to say was a bit of, a bit on the, the gender role sort of idea. Like, mm. yeah. Mm. I mean, because there is that, because you have that biology Sorry, the biologically grounded kind of thing. Yeah. And then I think you and I go back and forth on the socially constructed mm-hmm. and how far it's socially constructed. Because yeah. it's undeniable that there is nature and nurture. Yeah, there but are mm-hmm. some things that are biological. So we can't deny. Not everything is socially constructed. So let me make not mm-hmm. a factual point, mm-hmm. but like a kind of like uh, a kind of speculation. Mm-hmm. Because you talked about the lesbians fitting those traditional heteronormative roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? These the conversation would be different if one day that changes. And mm. then your grounds for these heteronormative roles completely go away. As in, there's only feminine and feminine or masculine and masculine mm. and the child develops normally. Mm, so in okay. the future... So like when this in a gender void kind yeah. of But thing, that okay. will never... See, just, you, you <laughs> there's so many of our conversations where you say that. <laughs> but because I think... The to, cap- to, to reach that level would to be to remove biology. Which no, is impossible. No, no, no. Biology no, but, but, and gender... Con- uh, and Sorry, biology and uh, social and, and constructed yeah. things are different. I think sexuality... They inform each other though. Not, not all the time. Mm. I think that the, the reason there is gender as in male-female because of your biology mm. and sex as, a, as not a spectrum but mm. uh, I don't want to use the word universe. I think... But as those <laughs> various different categories, they like yeah. to use the word universe. Yeah. Like there will be a time... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm not read into this. Yeah. I hope I'm not using it wrongly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there will come a time where these, your data breaks down mm. and transcendence has been achieved. Where lesbians you know, perform their gender roles both in more feminine traits and the child is completely normal. Mm. But you see, the thing is, I feel like when you say they take on different gender roles to mm. fit into how society is, I think maybe that is because they grew up watching their parents. If they have two straight yeah. parents, mm-hmm. so they feel the need to make it a normal household mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and they adapt yeah. that. I yeah. guess my point was gender roles have utility. It's a way of uh, division of labour. You might argue that it, there are consequences that are negative, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that there, also u- there is also utility that you need to recognise. Yeah. It's easy. People adopt it. Uh, that, you know, it's, it's a fast model that you follow. The point right? I it's would, a default setting. The point I would make yeah. is that that, will, that isn't to defend that as though it will always be this way mm. is it, not the way I would go about yeah, it. Yeah. I would always mm. fight for what could be. No, so what I'm saying yeah. is that I don't guess, I guess I don't look at things like systems. I look at things more like organisms mm. and I look at general similarly mm. that it will grow 
and update itself. Yeah, but to say that there will never be gender, there will be a time when there is no gender roles, mm. I think is too far. That's I mean, why like, I would say it's too far. To say that there will be no gender roles in the sense that like everything will be the same, I think as because you view it as an organism, right? Mm. And in organism, there will always be evo- evolution. Evolution, correct. And like, we don't know right after, like right down there it would be like that mm. but as in I do believe that gender roles as we know right now might not exist in the future mm. and which means that there will be no gender roles as we know of you know yeah um, maybe t- we should go back to Kashika <laughs> I love this conversation I love this conversation but we will be going round and round yeah. I love this conversation <laughs> but I'm just I'm just really really aware that Kashika is there and we are not, haven't even tapped into like, our experiences yet uh, so Kash do you think that things are getting better in your estimation I think it is getting better, but it's so slow. I feel like mm. the changes are coming, but it's at such a slow rate that I think I read recently in the next hundred years, we wouldn't achieve equality yeah. if we're going at this rate. Mm. Mm. So I think that part is very disappointing because I feel like we are doing a lot and you see a lot of people doing a lot of different things to push that. But the understanding is they feel like gender equality literally means equality. Mm. But to get to equality, you need to have equity first. Yeah. And I think that's, being overlooked right now. What do you mean exactly. by that? What do you mean by like that? Like law, man. Equality does not mean uh, equity. Does sorry, equality does not mean equity. Yeah, yeah. but uh, what do you what do you mean by that? So, for instance, because that has that's a charged <laughs> phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what do you? Okay, mean? so basically, I'll try to put it in a maybe football or sports context. I hope right? you guys are okay with this conversation because. Yeah, if not, we would just be pandering, you know. So <laughs> we want to have, you know, meaningful conversations, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that there needs to be. Yeah. I mean, like in the end, uh, we are trying to like have uh, an understanding yeah. about okay. each other more, and like maybe come to uh, maybe not the same point, but mm. a middle point where we can all agree that you know that this must go somewhere. And it's almost like um, a refining. We refine yeah. this thing together, and hopefully, we can yeah. discover some truth, lah. Whatever that means. Your <laughs> philosophical underpinnings. Okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll try to put it in a way where it's in the context of football or sports, right? Okay. So in football, girls' participation is extremely low in comparison to guys. But people feel like to make things equal and have gender equality in the sport, you just do the same thing you do with boys. Open up, like, start up a team whoever's interested into it and then we start from there. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work because, again, I have personal experience studying a girl's team, going to the ground and actually speaking to girls. And they are very hesitant because even though you have that platform, you have a team set up for them, they're not necessarily comfortable with ideas of maybe being trained by a guy Mm. at the beginning, you know, the to get them started. They're not comfortable with a male coach. They might not be comfortable training around boys. They might not be comfortable with certain, you know, clothing items, which might not, it's not about right or wrong perspective, but it's more that you need to make them comfortable first. Mm. And that's building the equity. You know, get them, do things that are not necessarily looked as equal, Mm. but give them that access. So maybe, let's say, they're not comfortable training with a male coach. I'm all for being able to train with male or female, but to get there, you need to maybe assign a female coach first. Okay, I get what you're saying. You're basically yeah. saying that we need to tailor a solution, right? We need to be specific and not just say the solution that will work for guys is the solution that will work for girls. Yeah, Again, exactly. nothing is different. one size fits all. Yeah, yeah, because they are different. They have different experiences. They have different needs. Different needs mm. and we need to cater a solution to them. Yeah. I think the most famous thing when you speak about 
equality and equity is this that image where people are trying to look into the stadium oh, yeah, and watch yeah. a game and then they're off different heights mm. so giving them the same box is not going to allow all of them to have the same view, right? Mm. So maybe the taller one gets a shorter box just enough so that he can watch the game. Mm. The shorter one needs a taller box in order to access that view. Mm. So mm. it's not about giving everyone the same height of box mm. and expecting them to be able to catch a glimpse of the game. Mm. 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 I see, I see, I see. Interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just thinking about it because the problem I would I suppose we, would we talk be about this equality equity stuff back and forth mm. quite a lot a lot mm. la. yeah. <laughs> because there is a distinction between a, a famous distinction is equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity mm -hmm. these are two different things la. like one is you give everyone the same uh, you give everyone an opportunity regardless of your uh, sex, gender, orientation, whatever. Mm -hmm. And one is you manufacture an outcome mm -hmm. which might not be uh, good. Let me give you an example. Okay. Let's say TV Tiger has like only guys. Okay. Actually, we can know. A better example is uh, CEOs, for example. You should just mm. go back to the stem, the one because I think we've gone back on the STEM, the women in STEM argument. Mm, lot, okay, right? yeah, yes. Women in STEM. Okay, let's um, go there. I don't know whether that's a good... L let me do the CEOs one because okay, that's okay. a problem here as well. Okay. So CEOs are dominated by males, yeah. right? So, but the problem is, let's say, because some people say we should, to get uh, more female CEOs, yeah. let's do a quota. Mm. I'm anti-quota. Okay. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. But mm -hmm. people say, no, that's how we achieve equality. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, you will achieve equality, but to what uh, detriment? Mm -hmm. Because when you manufacture things like that, um, um, you'll have... It's like... Uh, do, do you get what I'm saying? No, I understand I'm what sure. you're saying, yeah. but my counter argument to that is I've seen where in sports they have a quota a certain number of female need to be in certain position but at the same time that's not really creating proper opportunity because exactly. don't tell me yeah. there's not qualified women exactly. to apply for the same position as men okay. you don't need a quota yeah. you just need to view everyone and yeah. make the right decision based on merit mm -hmm. yes yes because yeah. the root problem is mm -hmm. why aren't enough so I the way I would look at it is yeah. let's not do 50% 50% mm -hmm. yeah. I would do it free for all mm -hmm. but let's see why females are not becoming CEOs. Mm -hmm. How much of it is interest? How much of it is they have a fam familiar commitments, for example, that mm -hmm. bar them from, from becoming CEOs? Yeah. How, how, how much of it is cultural mm -hmm. uh, norms? Mm -hmm. And then you go to the, the root problems and you deal with it. I right? think the reason for that is a lot of companies or organizations or whatever it is, they just do it for the PR purpose. Hey, yeah. we have these many women working for us. We are not sexist. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, hey, we actually care what's the reason and let's put the right person in position mm -hmm. and change things from there. Mm. Work, look at it both ways. So if you have women on the board, they're going to automatically make decision mm. to serve younger girls coming in, right? Yeah. They're going to clear that pathway. But if you fill up quota and you bring women that are not really interested and don't care about it... Because they've been given a, a just a, a, free, a free ride. Free ride. Yeah. They don't understand the struggle. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but the so, thing but, is... Go on. Sorry. <laughs> so the, the, the start... <laughs> Adila and Jerry like, Adila and Jerry like, okay, time to come in. <laughs> These two are having too much of fun. <laughs> Don't think of it that way. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. But, uh, because we come back to tokenism quite a lot. Yes, yes, right? we do. So, but I think in, in Keshika's case, like you could see where tokenism may have 
although misguided. Okay. Sorry, yeah, please. Just, just before that, maybe you can break down tokenism. Tokenism is the idea that you put someone on, uh, let's say, a board of directors. Because, just to fulfill a quota. Yeah, just to fulfill mm. a quota. You want one Indian, one Malay, one Chinese. Yeah, one, and done. I mean, settle. males, females. Yeah. I don't think they'll get to, you know, having gay people on their boards. <laughs> um, but you can see that having the, this tokenism, although misguided, has... Ha- may have positive effects. Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of tokenism, Mm-mm. but like the idea that if you can see someone do it, yeah, like you see yeah. if I am, let's say, an oppressed minority, mm. I'm, yeah, in, in a certain country, yeah. I see someone of my ethnicity make it to the top, you believe you can do it. Yeah. It's a very liberal notion of inspiration. Yeah. Sure. Not, mm-hmm. not the it best solution. It gives you hope. Yeah. Yeah, it gives because you like, hope. it's a stepping stone. Just like affirmative action, for example. Mm. It is not supposed to... Sorry. It is mm. not supposed to last forever, right? Mm. It's just to but give the, you a boost. But the problem is, and this is the big problem, yeah. when does it end? That's the thing because that's yeah, where we I, talk I about dismantling the system. Mm. Where does it end? True. Mm. But like, for example, like representation, tokenism, right? Mm. When you have a female representative uh, on the board of, uh, in the board of directors, in CEO, like, like what, Jem says, what Jeremy says, like, uh, it will inspire young executives like me. To like strive to like, hey, I can reach there some there some way. Like, and I also agree with you. Like, um, it has to be based on merits, but at the same time, what makes you what what stops them from like? Yes, you have a quota, but you also have to select the best out of the best, the most mm-hmm. qualified person to fill that quota, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I agree with both sides, but at the same time, I do believe that having a quota kickstarts a conversation. It does. Uh, gen- it just. It um. It creates the narrative, mm. and it makes people think that hey, we can move beyond this because mm. there are qualified women out there, and we don't need them to the, just fulfill a quota. We actually want them to lead, um, like a company because they are qualified to do so. I think, in my point of view, is that the reason I'm not for quota, mm. just by the looks like the basic idea of it is yeah. that. I've seen it have negative consequences. Mm. So let's say they say there's the need to be five female in this position. Mm. And they come in because not by merit, yeah. it's just because they want to fill that quota, right? Mm. And they do such a bad job mm. that <laughs> they, they will then cause um, a pro- further problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. so when someone with merit comes in, they go, Yeah, you're not cut out for it because we've seen what girls can, can do. do. Yeah. Yeah. So That's if we can and right now I feel like in the current times mm we have enough women that are qualified to do any job that exactly. we want them. Yeah. So we don't need a quota, but we do need people to recognize that you need females on board everything. Mm. doesn't have to be a certain percentage or like, oh, yeah. I feel up so I look good now in PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But get the right people in, you do have to have females on board. In, in another angle to it is, we can even look at like the BLM mm-hmm. uh, uh, like movement, um, mm-hmm. where you have this funny thing where you say that, okay, we need to have uh, minorities in the police mm. uh, force, right? Mm-hmm. But then, the truth is, even when you do though, mm-hmm. uh, you find that you it actually it doesn't fix the, yeah, the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, roots problem, the root problems are still there. Yeah. So, uh, similar thing, even if we were to quota it mm-hmm. nicely mm-hmm. and you see everyone, oh, nice rainbow of people mm-hmm. on your board, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily fix the root underlying problem. But that's I why I problems. believe that that's where it's important for you to like actually call out that kind of practice to say that, yeah, you have somebody who is off the quota, but mm. does this person really reflect what uh, the, the majority of the population can do? Like, is this person really uh, deserve to be... Does it? Does she really deserve to be in the board because of her merits? Like, you have to 
question that as well. It doesn't mean that when you fulfill a quota, mm. that's it. Mm. You have like um, you have relinquished all your uh, responsibilities. You're saying something like a dual approach, lah. Mm. Yeah. You're yeah. saying yeah, we have a quota of women, but at the same time, they need to meet the threshold yep. yes, of yes. merits. Because like as uh, because like guys, um, because especially in corporate, lah, right? Mm. The the hoops that women have to jump through mm. are so much more than men. Mm. Especially in terms of like getting uh, promotions, getting uh, like we even we still have a gender pay gap. For example, and like yeah. I have seen women who are super capable, who are who can like run circles around their male counterparts, yeah. but the male counterpart will get promoted mm-hmm. because of maybe it's not like explicit, but you just know that they are promoted because they're a guy, and that's where I believe that um, like quotas are needed, yeah. but because like you like especially women lah, you have to prove yourself even more mm-hmm. in order for you to be to have a seat on the table, yeah, and like it wouldn't come if you don't create space for them. Mm-hmm. But and what I really mm-hmm. like, sorry. No worries. What I really like is the thing that Roshan mentioned about mm-hmm. conformity. Because mm-hmm. certain women who are there not by merit, yeah. they don't understand the path you have to go through, the yes. hoops you have to jump that yeah. you just mentioned. Yeah. And so when they get onto that position, what they do is they conform to everything that they are male colleagues do. Mm. So they're just like, oh, I don't stand out. I need to play all these games. Yeah. and So they're not really going to be actively paving any path for mm. any women to come through. Mm. They're just going to play political games to keep their position <laughs> True. and conform to whatever the males uh, want to do. Yeah. And another thing is that just shows them, the, mm. the guys there, there's no issue at all. Yeah. Mm. So that's it doesn't the pushback, The outside pushback matters, yeah. right? Well, that's yeah. where advocacy comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to call them out, especially like women. Other women, like other women have to call toxic women out. Yeah, exactly. Like this is not right. And like you can do even more than this. But do you find that nowadays because of that cancel culture and calling people out <laughs> yeah, yeah, on yeah, social yeah. media, yeah, yeah, yeah. they feel like if you call a woman out, mm. you're not a feminist anymore. No. I don't feel so. Like yeah. you call a person out because that uh, because of the action that they are mm-hmm. doing, not because like oh I'm attacking a fellow woman. I'm not a feminist anymore. Yeah, see, doesn't, I think more people need to understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I'm really anti labels. Like mm. I'm, I even don't, I really don't like uh, the Karen thing. Mm-hmm. So don't you don't like label it. your like belongings. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate label makers. <laughs> they drive me crazy. Every time I see a label maker, I feel sick to my stomach. I just oh labels. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, like, I don't like like boomers. Yeah. I hate when people call other people boomers. Yeah. I hate when people call people call other people Karens. Karens yeah. Because it's such an easy way to uh, subvert the mm. argument at hand. Mm-hmm. Like, you say something that you don't agree with. Okay, boomer. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, son. Can you, like, uh, engage with the, the conversation? The conversation yeah. So, you have a lot of that on social media. Mm-hmm. You have people who, like, just, like... You say something that you they don't agree with and they just put you in this particular bracket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to happen with feminists as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you if you say something that's pro-woman mm. or you're a feminist. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I think most of us, I mean, if you believe in girls having the same uh, fundamental rights, you should be call yourself a feminist. Yeah, like yeah. I've always considered myself a feminist. Yeah. Even though I think uh, gender roles are natural, for example. Okay. But I still consider myself a feminist because I want girls have the same opportunities as me. Yeah. And I th- I've worked... First thing is, I've been raised by amazing women. Mm-hmm. My cousins who are girls are badasses. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> last week we were talking about Winnie. Winnie yep. Shout out Winnie. You know, she, she, I would love to see you play with Winnie. Oh, but we, give, give people context who Winnie yeah, is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, fun thing is, last week we were talking about Banting with Carl. Yeah. So, Banting is this random kampong area. But for some reason in this super random kampung town, we used to play cricket. Mm. 
Okay. That was our spot of choice. All right. And my grandparents' house, there's a, it's a roundabout. So yeah. it's the end of the road okay. and then cars would U-turn out. Uh-huh. So that sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so there was a long stretch of road that's perfect to play cricket. Okay. And so all the f- school friends would come that area. When I would used, used to go during school holidays, yeah. six o'clock. And then it'd be like, we play cricket with just the giant tong of water. Mm-hmm. That would be our stumps. Mm. And we have a cricket ball, we have a cricket bat. Mm. And um, it's all these guys. And then you'd have Vinnie there. Mm. So Vinnie is, you know, a girl, Vinnie yeah. Fred. And but she was so good at cricket, mm-hmm. so she used to whack everybody. <laughs> and she has this really kind of a righteous, uh, uh, not sense righteous, of justice. Uh, yeah, she has this strong <laughs> sense of justice. If she feels that you've cheated, yeah, she gets angry. <laughs> and wrath at, of Winifred. <laughs> wrath of Winifred. I like that. <laughs> and at that point, it's a safety hazard. <laughs> you should fear for your life <laughs> because if that, if she, you know throws that ball and he hits you, it's you, game over. It can be, you can have a blue-black. You know, that's how uh, painful <laughs> that's it is. That's life, bro. That's yeah. life. So, like, I, you to not cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've grown up with like uh, uh, badass girls and even in my uh, school life and my work life, I've seen like amazing girls. So, I definitely want the, the, the pay gap to be the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I just don't like it when we kind of like group people so easily. Jeremy, mm. I feel like you have a thought. Not, re- not, not really, but I think that cannot be misconstrued for again gluing your eyes to Twitter. La. Because yeah. you can you can yeah. think the world is a hostile place if you just watch Beyond left Twitter, Twitter go at each yep, other. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like a microcosm. You shouldn't yeah. like judge the, yeah. the entirety of the world but just one platform. And yeah. they haven't got the opportunity to bring up the Bangsa Bubble hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, hashtag that, that was a that was a phenomenon to me yeah. that was purely Twitter. Nobody uh, yeah, outs- yeah, yeah, yeah. like it doesn't affect the material world. Mm. Maybe, you want, to, maybe you want to give the context? Uh I don't have the full context. I think the the bubble, the Bangsa Bubble hashtag appeared because the pa- Patriots, I think a le- right-wing groups were, yeah. spot, were, were talking about it. People who are of the Bangsa Bubble mm-hmm. or you know, self-claimed people started chiming in. Mm-hmm. And then there was a back and forth. Yeah. Like even Kyrie Jamaludin got on the Bangsa the bubble. bubble. I think he he claimed to be part of it, like which, to some extent. I was like, why? <laughs> 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 this is kind of strange. So this is to me. This is a phenomenon purely on Twitter, and so you could mm. think the world is a hostile place on Twitter. But I mean, true Twitter, but yeah. it, it's different, la. Yeah, I, I've also found myself falling into that trap. Sometimes I see something on social media. I have because I try and have a. I like to think a diverse group. Mm. Of, like if mm. I see something, my friends who disagree on my positions, mm. I actively try not to remove them from my social media. Yeah. Just because I like to see the differing opinions. Yeah. But sometimes I realize, and there'll be like three, four of them mm. who are, you know, like. They want to name Anarchist, feminist, <laughs> you know, like they go to the, they're the outliers, are they? They're yeah. really extreme, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. They, they got all the labels. They got, yeah. They, <laughs> all of they, them. They have a label maker. They have a label. <laughs> Whenever there's a new label, they take out their label maker, they make, <laughs> and then they stick it somewhere for them to remember. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they orient their world. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's like so crazy, some mm-hmm. of the things that they say that I just find it so ridiculous. Yeah. And then I post like something to push back on yeah, it. Yeah. And I realized that I do a post for like what? If Instagram, like maybe 600 people follow me, right? Yeah. I put it on Instagram <laughs> for, 600, for that one person. Mm. 599 of those people are going to be like, why are you saying this to me? <laughs> 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 yeah. well, but again, it comes to the point of advocacy. That's why we yeah. have the Girls for Goals uh, campaign. Yeah. And like where Kashika comes in. And we also have like wonderful women. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, women. Uh, Aisha, uh, who is a cricket player. Uh, mm. National uh, women's team cricket player. 
And there's Corinne Nisa. She's cool. She's a football freestyler. Oh my god. <laughs> nice. You should see her videos. I cannot, I physically cannot <laughs> do that. Stuff <laughs> like that. I can't. But she's so awesome. Yeah. So like, uh, they, pr- uh, they produce videos on SDGs and how it relates with girls' rights. How, how, why is it important to girls? And I feel that, yeah, because like of um, social media being this just like a circle per se. And you have to have uh, positive influences. Because like when you speak, it's like an echo cha- a chamber, right? Yeah, when definitely. you speak into it, it will be amplified. Yeah. And like, because we see a lot of negativity, especially mm-hmm. uh, depending on uh, who we follow. Mm-hmm. And having like these spots of lights, uh, if I can call that, if I, call, if I can call them that, um, it just makes like, the place more welcoming, more accepting. It's like giving them a chance to see that it's not just like gloom and doom, you know? There are awesome people out there doing stuff that I am interested in who are talking about things that I don't know. But hey, this sounds interesting because she's cool. I will check this out. And from there, like, that's where understanding grows. Mm. That's where like growth and acceptance happen as well. Yeah. Yeah, so like we shouldn't discount like the role of social media. It's just like (laughs) being a place where only... Uh, to amplify hate and yeah. discontent, there's also like it is also a uh, a place where you can like bring more understanding. It's a powerful tool, like, That's what yeah, I it is. It is. <laughs> I guess I'm a bit of a boomer when it comes <laughs> to that. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's also a source of complete stupidity. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's pretty entertaining. content. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with you. Um, Adila, what's your what's your not say background, but What's your experiences that kind of shaped your worldview? Is there like something in particular? Was it like the way you were raised? Oh yeah, okay. Um, I we <laughs> had this chat just yeah. now. Um, so, like, I went to an. My parents are quite conservative in the sense that uh, they believe that there are gender roles that you have to follow. Um, but I actively fight against it because again, um, like you, your ex- uh, your examples, I was raised by amazing women. There are amazing women that surrounds me. Um, they're very inspiring. My family, teachers that I uh, that I had, and also I went to an all girls school mm-hmm. for my primary and secondary. So what I've school always did you go to? Uh, convent infant Jesus and infant Jesus convent. Shout out convent girls Mala- Mala- in Malacca. Malacca. Yeah. Okay, cool. So like. Um, Growing up, I never felt like I was inferior to mm. guys. <laughs> I actually felt the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dead uh, like, Malacca. <laughs> no, seriously, like in Malacca, our school outperforms <laughs> all other schools in sure. Malacca, and we're all like all girls, right? Yeah, we yeah. score. We would like constantly have like high scores, and like we are great in sports as well. Like really, there's no reason to feel inferior to boys. We're mm. like, mm, okay, whatever. Mm, mm, mm. But um, it really shaped my worldview as such that uh, when I came out from that bubble, uh, went to uni, I didn't, it didn't stop me. Like, I can do, I can take up whatever my male counterparts can do and even more. I can best do it at your own game. I don't, it's not a big deal, you know? Mm, mm, and mm. like, there were people who did try to push back who said that, oh no, you're a girl, you can't do this. Or like, are you sure, like, uh, do you have like uh, enough credit, uh, do you have enough credentials to do this? There would be like, people who try to gatekeep, mm. but actively push against it. Because like, I know what I'm capable of doing, uh, especially because I came from um, a background that has nurtured me to do so. That That is my privilege. Uh. I I feel that if I did go to like a normal uh, mixed school, my experience would be different. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I see, I see. And I also like Winifred. <laughs> I have a strong sense of the justice. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there 
I guess for me and Jeremy, um, we maybe we see the world definitely in a different way. Yeah, yeah. And also, I I'm not woke. Hmm. But I. <laughs> but you hate labels, right? I mean, yeah. woke in itself uh, means that that it comes from the uh, black vernacular, which mm. means that you are supposed to like be aware of uh, what's happening around you, not necessarily like the uh, things that are hot at yeah. that point of time, but just like about issues that you're supposed to be aware of, like uh, yeah. oppression, like so sexism. So in that way, I like think that. I am woke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I just don't like the label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're so, kind of, you can like label yourself however you choose to be. Yeah. yeah. So I think like even, and I think Jeremy, we're both similar in this way mm. in that uh, I think we are very aware of other people and uh, their experiences yeah. and their, what, what they are going through. Yeah. And I think both of us empathize mm-hmm. uh, a lot with people's uh, experiences and suffering. Yeah. And so that's why, but I think that world but we've gone in two different roads lah mm-hmm. you know but I think we have a similar kind of uh, approach to the world yeah. but that does limit us to sometimes understanding different mm. perspectives because mm-hmm. we are you know limited to what we can experience yeah, yeah. so sometimes when we hear um, girls say that uh, they experience sexism mm. we cannot understand because it's not something we would do yeah, unless not- unless you mention something that we really don't consider sexism then we're mm. like oh yeah we used to do that Mm-mm-mm. you know yeah. like there was one time <laughs> Actually, this is a really funny story. Okay. Um, I was in a law firm. I was a paralegal. Uh-huh. And then I was uh, close with an associate. Yeah. Right? And so, but we were close, you know. So we were, f- uh, almost we had reached uh, like a friendship. Mm-hmm. So one time she came, to, and I like to joke. I'm yeah. an idiot, right? I, you know, I like to make fun of people <laughs> and all that. So one time she came into the, the office and uh-huh. I think she had dressed a particular way. Yeah. In a jokingly, joking way, I said, wait, wait. <laughs> 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 I don't think I've ever done that to a colleague or a fool. But it was not in a like a malicious way. It was yeah. a pl- purely Sometimes a you joke. do that to yeah. friends. Like I think a high school group, like they would tolerate that to some extent. Yeah. yeah. I've had girls like roll up in a car and go look at me. We are weird. Like, you know, it's a, in a joking context. Yeah, but yeah. I realized I had rubbed it the wrong way. Yes. Because the, she went out and then she came back with a coat. Oh, <laughs> and she covered herself up. Oh my god. <laughs> Roshan. <laughs> But so I realized like, okay, now I know that, um, yeah, even though I had no, I didn't intend to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I can be a bit more wise with the, the words. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe she had gone through something in the past, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was like a learning moment. But mm. bar those kind of things, generally we are not going to go like, you know, like we know, like what it. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we're, we're not going to slap a girl's butt, you know, or things like that, lah. I will know? slap you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's not consensual, like <laughs> no, whatever, like, you do you, you do you. Wow, it's true. What's your husband's name? <laughs> 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 Shout out to my husband. Yeah, you know, we we are not on like the KTM grabbing girls. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's just not the way we were raised. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe it'd be beneficial. Like, what are instances of like sexism? Is there instance of sexism that you faced? Maybe you can like enlighten us. Like for me, for example, because um, I wear the hijab, right? Mm. So um, it's more of like a two-prong thing. Like uh, for instance, like, oh, you shouldn't do that because you're like a girl in Tudong. Isn't that inappropriate? Because there's like two layers. I'm a girl and I'm in Tudong. For example, like 
I, I'm a tomboy. I'm mm. still a tomboy. Uh, I like to do physical activities when I was, when I was growing up. I like to climb trees, <laughs> um, go to like construction sites and like explore. I've never done that. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I gave my parents a lot of grief, la, I feel. Construction but sites are dangerous as all hell. At that point, it's not even... That seems... Like, that <laughs> that sounds group. really random. <laughs> but it's fun because like... Yeah. Adila, in, I've never heard anybody say this before. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say... Want to chalk it up to a Malacca thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's, let's chalk it up to Conway girls honestly it's fun you guys should try but <laughs> I've, done it. You've been I've done it for a job it's interesting right no. there was one point Jeremy because Jeremy's background is engineering yeah, so yeah. he was doing his bond and he he was actually working in, in engineering in a construction uh, the line. Yeah. And so Jeremy used to tell me he would go off to, you were working with Joho at the time. Yes, yeah. Joho. So he went over to Joho, then he told me that he was in construction sites. and So I was expecting Jeremy to come back super jacked. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Swole. Like, oh my God. You, don't do, you don't do any of it. You don't watch people do it, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and then like you carry around like files and drums. <laughs> hard helmet, hard helmet. Oh, yeah, I had yeah, a hard yeah. hat. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, um, mm. that kind of situation where like, I couldn't do some things or like, I can't, oh my God, this really gets on my nerves. Mm. Like, because I had to go for a religious school, right? Mm. Um, like, We uh, had to? What do you mean? Uh, like, you know, it's a thing where you have to like, go mengaji. For you, in, in university? No, no, no. Uh, well, I was growing up. Oh, so you like, mean like, um, religious, uh, like uh, sekolah how, agama? Yeah, like you have, like how you have to go for Bible studies. Yeah, I yeah. had to go like, for mengaji. Mm. So um, like there was one. You mean time, like the after school kind yeah, the after afternoon school. session, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it was I didn't go like to a proper school. I just went to like a madrasa okay. to just like how to like mengaji, how to recite the Quran, and like uh, obviously there will, will be boys there, right? And it gets on my uh, on my nerves so much when like because usually when you have activities, uh, there will be a natural leader that will step up and like call the shots, right? Whenever I do that, I will be like, oh, cannot, cannot, cannot. You're supposed to be led by a uh, boy. Mm. Because like, oh, lelaki lah pemimpin. Lelaki lah khalifah. I'm like, what? The shit? I'm sorry? Who are you to say that to my face? Like, this boy can't even speak properly. Let me have this shit. Grows up to become Dato Sri Najib. So those are the kind of like instances where that is the kind of sexism that I face. Okay. How about you, Kesh? Sorry, just before we go there. Adil, how do you square... I mean, I don't know whether you can answer this, but how yeah. do you square your religion with your outlook on on your femininity? Okay, for me, Islam is a Islam is actually feminist. Okay. Because uh, as you can see, the teachings of Muhammad, for example, like um, the his wives are very exemplary characters, like yeah. Siti Khadijah, his first wife. For example, his first wife yeah. is a really successful businesswoman. And she was older to him, right? Yeah, she was older. Uh, I can't remember by how many years. I'm sorry, I'm really a bad person. <laughs> but <laughs> like, because um, she was a widower. Uh, she was a she was a widow. Oh, a widow. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So like she's badass. She has her own empire. She runs her own stuff, and yeah. she's the one who actually went to Muhammad and proposed to him. Yeah. Right. Correct. Like that's empowerment right there. And like in the that's my dream right there. <laughs> <laughs> Girl and, like, comes and proposes. <laughs> And even you like immediately Aisha. Say yes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, you should really question a girl who comes up to you and proposes to you. I mean, same goes for guys. Like the other way, like guys, girls don't accept any random proposals <laughs> that you get. Okay, yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, see right there. <laughs> but like, um, 
and also like for example uh, Aisha radiallahu anhum um mm. she is a she is the what what's the word like for the hadith um that all the sayings of Muhammad she was the one who collected it and she's like the main um source of hadith uh, perawi hadith and like they also see like really strong female characters uh during the um during expansion of Islam for example the first university in the world was established by a woman mm. yeah that kind of thing and i feel that um you cannot confuse you cannot like merge you cannot you shouldn't confuse culture with religion yeah because it's like two, two different things like culturally uh the arab culture might view women as uh someone who is lower but religiously in islam it is not as such like mm. we have rights we have obligations to do uh, to do stuff and you shouldn't just like conflate the two you know mm. Mm. ooh charged yeah no, no, definitely i definitely agree with that again similarly i i think you're spot on religion and culture are separate mm. and whereas well in my opinion religion uh, there are universal tr- truths that you can apply yeah. culture has to uh, uh, adapt Uphold, yeah, uh, adapt yeah. accordingly like that's uh, what i like about hinduism about like how uh, the the religion itself is like very understanding very accepting how like the universe is made out of male and female but there's also a spectrum in between and they are all part of the same thing which you shouldn't like discriminate uh, upon but then again you see how uh, modern hindus are like very against um like how uh, the manifestations of gender mm. so that is something that we really should like you know bring our back uh, bring focus back to see mm. that religion and culture should sometimes be separate yeah cash what about you well <clears throat> i think if you're working with a lot of guys there's bound to be a lot of sexism um but the very sort of jarring ones are usually that especially if you're a female coach right it goes you're only allowed to coach under 6 kids because it's glorified babysitting and you're only allowed Ooh. to coach girls wait 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 guys can coach more than six girls can't coach no, more no, than under uh, six. no under 6 oh, under 6 yeah yeah so, like, so it's more like cuz you're a girl you are good with kids that's a skill <laughs> right um, actually you know when i first moved back there was this mm. guy from singapore mm. that's like a ex malaysian national player and all this nonsense mm. and he goes yeah we want to hire you as our coach so i was like okay you know we'll have a meeting we'll have a chat mm. And he goes, look, I know you have all this qualification and experiences. I'll be very honest with you. We only employ women to coach under six kids, so four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-olds. So that it's more like you're not really teaching them football; you're just babysitting them. But he it's called. He said that. Yep, wow. straight in What my face. What the heck? And um, I was just wow. like, you know what? Okay, good meeting. Let's. Uh, I'm not going to be getting on board, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then. Is it a good thing that he was that honest? Or or. <laughs> well, I would rather find out. While I'm here, then moving to Singapore and finding out yeah. I'm only allowed yeah, to do yeah, that. True, But true. I just feel like But his for you outlook, to say that, his outlook is yeah, so messed up. Yeah, for you to just mm. come and say it's okay for me to say this to your face, mm. that was very shocking to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, what my experience is has been like is that even when you're a very qualified coach, you're you have qualifications beyond your male colleagues or whatever it is, mm. you are only allowed to do a certain things. And then there's a lot of places that I go that people are like, oh, you're a coach, so you coach a girls team, right? And then when you go you coach a boys team they're like oh it must be like 7 8 year olds right mm. that assumption is there mm. so when they find out the truth that you coach like a more senior team or you coach a under 18s team so like, how come <laughs> you no know, seriously they are oh, not wow. even ashamed to hide their surprise 
You know? Yikes. Yeah, so you're always boxed mm. in and to fight against that is very difficult yeah. when everyone believes that you're not allowed to coach a certain ability because as a human being or as a professional coach, you have your own passion, the things you, you want to work on, mm. but you don't even, you're not even allowed to get there, to express that. It's more like you're boxed in before you even have a chance to try, you know? Mm. I used to be um, more, a little bit more narrow-minded in my view. And I used to think that like, we need to do free for all. Girls, guys come in and you just have to, uh, um, you need to fight. Lah, mm. right? You need to fight. Uh, but as I grow older, I'm beginning to realize that a little bit more nuance in that mm. there is a difference or there is a distinction in a male. Because uh, I used to hate hearing things like that male-dominated mm-hmm. environment, right? Mm-hmm. It felt a bit like a cop-out. Mm. But then now as I grow older, I realize, yeah, there is a difference when all the people around you are guys. Yeah, The energy is different, different yeah. and the experiences are different, mm. you know. Again, how we deal with it, maybe I, 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 we, I think it's still up for discussion. Mm. But I definitely have come to realize that we should not discount uh, the experiences of um, girls. Uh. I guess I'm speaking more for the guys who don't themselves feel sexist, mm-hmm. and sometimes they feel mm. like they are sex. They feel like they're painted as sexist. Mm-hmm. So I guess guys out there, <laughs> let me speak to you, <laughs> brothers. No, I think sometimes a lot of guys because they're not used to being in that environment and sharing it with a female. Mm. Yeah. things that they do that to them it's normal. Yeah, is actually sexist. Like talking down yeah. just because you're a man mm. doesn't mean you're actually more qualified Better. to do the job yeah. and talk down to me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I feel like if you say something, you'll be labeled as arrogant or mm. wow, you know, this person is like this, this, this. But when you don't say anything, you you're forced to be like, oh, I have to play small now. Mm. Yeah. So I think those small small things they won't call themselves, mm. hey, I'm sexist. No yeah. one else would. Yeah. But those small things day-to-day builds up to a lot and yeah. affects someone else even more than they imagine, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, my experience, right? Mm. Because I'm confident. Yeah. Uh, I am really confident in my skin. I know what I want. I will push for what I want. But growing up, it would uh, lead to me being labelled as, oh my God, you're so arrogant. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, like, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it would seem like I'm confrontational or I'm intimidating. Whereas, like, let's say, if the roles were reversed and I am a male, People would call me confident. People will say that I am very, um, how do I like think? Outgoing. Yeah, I'm a go-getter. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I am destined for great things. So here's, here's a tough question yeah. and something that I still wrestle with. Yeah. How does one um, tell the difference mm-hmm. between really being arrogant yeah. and uh, you being called arrogant because of your gender? Uh, easy. Do you have the credentials to back mm-hmm. it up? Uh, I see. Hmm. Uh, like okay uh, my point is like how does one know that like for example yeah um, I give you an example in a legal setting right okay. you go to court yeah. mm-hmm. right and the judge talks down to you yeah. mm-hmm. right um, how do you know you're being sp- spoken down to because mm-hmm. you're bad in your legal practice mm-hmm. how do you know you're being spoken down to because of your gender mm-hmm. I guess now that I say it out loud you would base it on how he treats other people right yeah yeah yep. and also like your arguments like let's say lah mm. kan um you have the same um, argument mm. that you uh, put forth in front of a judge and the judge says that, uh, okay, cool. But if I go with the same argument and I say it in front of the same judge and the judge says like, no, these are the, these are the holes, you should do better. Doesn't that say something to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone's nitpicking it, Mm. then you know the, their stance, you know? Yeah. But I guess what you're trying to get at is that there are, there are situations that are greyer. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the world is a gray place. Like, you know it yourself. You yeah, practice definitely. law. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, again, I mean, I'm sure this will happen, but I guess it doesn't discount, again, the whole experience of uh, uh, women, right? Mm-mm. But of course, there are times you misunderstand mm. and you'll say, I think that guy's sexist, but he might not have been. Mm. Uh, there are also, I'm sure, instances of that. Yeah. But again, uh, to discount all experiences mm. doesn't help anybody as well. Yeah. I guess it really, you, everybody needs to be really mature in this and discerning in in the way they approach these kind of difficult things. Lah. That's going to be hard if you're going to legislate it. Because right? <laughs> if you if you think How? about if you think about like the legislate, what do you mean by legislate it? Like if let's say like certain countries have anti-racism laws, mm-hmm. right? How on like if you were to flip the gender scenario to a race scenario, mm-hmm. how would you prove? you know, mm. uh, racial discrimination in these scenarios. I think you look at track record, right? Track like, record is yeah. one way, right? Yeah. yeah. But in the absence of a track record, let's say yours is the landmark case, mm. what <laughs> happens then, right? Mm. It becomes really difficult to prove that in, in that instance. Lah. Yeah. But then again, like you have to see whether it's sustained. Like mm. this is more than just one instance, you know? There are a lot of ways to prove okay. things. Yeah. All right. Because like you have to approach it empirically as well. Because it's just like a one-off thing and you have changed your behavior, <laughs> yeah. probably that, you know, it's just a fluke. But if it repeat it repeats itself again and again mm. in the same setting or like more or less the same setting, you know that this is a problem. Mm. Because like, I also know, sorry, I also know people who blame everybody except themselves. Yes. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> you know, that but again, those kind of things you can tell because like mm. if it's a case, mm. you do call people as witnesses and if this happened at the workplace, mm. you have different counts of uh, different incidents. You, you right? would have girls also saying like, yeah. sorry, I don't know, women, right? women also yeah, saying, girls. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not that. It's you're just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Because in exactly. the UK, they do have Gender Equality Act, which mm-hmm. is implemented in the employment contract. Mm. They can't make decisions by ignoring those things. Right, yep. So it's been done before. Mm. But again, it's tricky because you can't be blind to race or gender. I, I don't know whether that's what they're trying to legislate. Like, maybe because I, I don't know enough. I mean, it forms... Uh, it 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 is an like it is a nuanced approach. Yeah. You have to factor in because some things as well. Being blind to race or gender would just perpetuate mm-hmm. racism. And, yeah, and, yeah, it would just sexism. perpetuate inequality because yeah. you fail to recognize that some people have dif- some people have like different needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it shouldn't be the defining factor to like discriminate. Mm. Mm. Malaysia is cool in the sense that in terms because you spoke about. Um, the legal legal world, mm. our court system, our judges are pretty well represented. I mean, I think our federal court and court of appeal now it's it's we got a good number of women. It's yeah, pretty impressive. Recently, recently, yes, because so, women's I mean, aid like, organization. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like SDGs have gone all the way to the appellate <laughs> 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 courts. Why not? <laughs> hey, you should reach out to these judges, though. Yeah, I, think I would they, love to. Yeah, it would yeah. be great if they. You, if they could do a TikTok. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do a, no, sorry, a YouTube video. They, lo- they lose their bar membership over a terrible TikTok. Like, or Instagram posts. Or Instagram posts. Yeah, yeah them addressing, uh, um, you know, uh, women and you know, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that, was, that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. There's a great uh, advocate in the bar council, uh, Puan Hendon. Mm. Um, oh my God. She's like an OG. Yeah, man. Like her <laughs> ethics class. <laughs> she's pretty pretty cool but she I think was the first um, president female president of mm-hmm. the bar council and she's she still like serving in the bar council yeah mm. she's in her 80s OG, man. yeah oh. I was, but she insulted me one time though <laughs> I was really upset <laughs> no really it really, it really triggered me <laughs> 
was in the library doing research um, in KL. Yeah. Um, this is at the Straight Times building. Yeah. So I saw her, mm. and so I just you know, no, she sat next to me. Sorry. Yeah. And I saw, hey, hi, hi, Hendo, mm. nice to see you. Mm. Uh, how are you? And she was like, yeah, oh, very good, very good. Oh, what are you doing here? I'm doing research, Ah, mm. oh, great, great, great. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, only our generation we still come to. <laughs> We still go to the library oh, and wow. read documents. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> How old does she think I am? But correct, what? He, she is old. No, but no, she but said she like our ready. generation. <laughs> Yeah, she, said, she said our generation. I'm like, how old do you think I am? Was that like an hour as an hour thing? Or is just like, she's just reflecting like, oh, our generation. No, you know? she and was like, oh. you know, our generation. <laughs> I don't I'm think like, there's a way the to misread that. <laughs> I was so upset. You could be very generous and say that, but I don't know. Look, I've, I've had people ask me how many kids I have. Yeah, okay, I've had that. That's <laughs> fine. All right. But when a lady in her 80s Oh, ask wow. whether we are in the same generation. Yeah, that's a bit hard to say. You know, I'm like... Oh, you forgot. She didn't ask. She just... She just said it. <laughs> she didn't even ask. She said it as a matter of fact. I'm really sorry. Juan <laughs> I, I appreciate you. I respect you. But I will not stand for this slight. Okay? <laughs> I don't think she's going to be listening. No. <laughs> oh yeah, but there's so many like... Uh, uh, that is uh, a gem. <laughs> There's so many ladies out there that I truly do uh, respect. Uh, we have a lot of amazing uh, Malaysian... Yeah. Even when you look at Malaysian Indians, mm-hmm. uh, uh, women, uh, there are some really cool... Um, like um, I was reading about recently... Actually, not recently. A few months ago, uh, Sibyl... Katigesu. Katigesu. Mm. Oh my God. Badass. Serious badass. The Malayan... You want to go to a bit of context? Uh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> uh, during the Japanese occupation of Malaya, uh, she is also a nurse. Um, she is part of the she is part of the resistance force, so um, she was quite a key figure. Uh, the Japanese uh, forces actually captured her and her daughter, and actually like her daughter Don, who is like two three years old at that point in time. So uh, she uh, the Japanese actually dangled her over like an open fire to make. Uh, Sibyl, 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 like um, actually betray yeah. uh, the um, Chinese the resistance ah. forces, uh, the resistance forces, but she didn't. Yeah, uh, and she she was tortured. Okay. Yeah, she was tortured as well. And she, OG man, yeah. serious. The, and then basically, she the, uh, I think the Japanese occupation ended, mm. but she was really scarred by the yeah. whole thing. Then I think she went back. She went to the UK and then she passed away eventually. Mm. But again, like you, and she's not the only one. There are a few. I I remember. Another one, I, I think her name is Janapati. I can't remember. But she mm. was in the army. Mm, 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 mm. You know, if I'm not missing in World War II, she was in the female regiment. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have these very pretty... Amazing women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Um, There's another topic I wanted to talk to you ladies about because in our last conversation and even before we started the podcast, yeah. we did, so for some reason or another, we started talking about love. Mm. We spoke love. A, a little bit about... <laughs> is this love? <laughs> la, 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 la. Yes. We spoke about like, romantic relationships. Yeah. And so, is it difficult for the two of you to navigate um, these sort of romantic relationships with uh, your more um, updated modern view of like gender roles, for example? Mm. Is it more trickier to navigate? I don't know. I just take this approach where you don't date someone that, you know, don't believe in those things. Mm. I mean, it sounds really simple, mm. but when you meet it's people, like there's a lot of people that are actually against, you know, women having 
equal rights mm. and these things. Mm. And it's not easy to tell on first glance. I yeah, would think, yeah, it's right? not. It's mm-hmm. not, but then they will say things that ah, you're like, yeah. oh, that's a red flag there. So, <laughs> like, I think, me, like me. Like <laughs> 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 <Hey>, me. <you're> so <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think just if you think too much about it, you complicate things. Mm. Yeah. And mm. then sometimes you read into things that are not even there. Mm. Yeah. So, it's better to just, you know, okay, you know, if you believe that, then that's, that's the that's end. That's it, yeah. yeah. Mm. For you? me, like, um, <laughs> because I really lucked out. Again, I really do feel that Lady Luck has smiled on me mm. when I found my husband, now husband. Because, like what you said, it's difficult, right? Like, you think that this person might share the same sentiments as me, but in the end, like, oh my God, they don't. They might have, like, an antiquated view. They might see, they might try to dictate, like, what I should do, what I can or cannot do. And I feel that it's it's also like um, part of like exploring people as well. I mean, like people can change, uh, mindsets can change. It's whether or not the person would want to grow with you. Mm. Uh, do does that person have like an open mind to actually like explore things with you? And yeah. you could have differing opinions, but yeah. you could still respect those differing opinions. Yeah. yeah. And as long as you respect one another, yeah. You know, I guess that would help navigate. Yeah. Of I course, mean, it does help if you agree on similar certain things, things yeah. certain tenets like core values at least yeah like. yeah definitely like you always do I mean uh, a core rule in life in relationships is that uh, especially in romantic relationships is that uh, you must have like uh, a core set of values that you agree on and you must have like a solid line that this person can never cross if they do that's it the relationship's over uh, and I, I guess one ex- relevant example is um uh, what's her name? What? Uh, what's the cooking name? Uh, Ooh, <laughs> Rachel Ray. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, how is his name? Uh, we spoke Malaysian about her last Ram. week. Ooh. The Malaysian YouTuber. Um, Sugu. Sugu. Uh, Pavitra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pavitra. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that would be a relevant um, example because she was basically abused mm. but she decided to stay. Yeah. Again, cycle of abuse. You cannot blame her. Yeah, but mm. I think it's even more deeper, uh, more complicated than that, mm-hmm. in that it's easy to uh, paint this guy as a villain mm-hmm. and it's easy to have a villain, right? Mm-hmm. It's more difficult when it's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what if they genuinely did uh, have a good relationship? Yeah. But then he crosses that line, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, there are certain boundaries, I suppose, you set up that you should never cross. Yeah. However good that yeah. person... Because that's something that... Uh, uh, victims of abuse say right he's yeah. a good guy actually yeah yeah. I it's mean just everybody would start off as a good guy mm-hmm. and then like later then you can see like how they are really their true colours but actually not even that I mm. think like it could be he's a good guy mm. but he just does this mm. but we have to understand that just does this mm. it's too much exactly he yeah. could be treating you perfectly well yeah. even if he hits you once a year yeah once a year <laughs> like, I have a quarter <laughs> It's time! <laughs> Our <laughs> annual <Yeah>. slapping! <laughs> That's kind of sadistic if you think about it. <laughs> I only ask for one day a year for me to hit you. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> if we cut snippets. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be able to run for Prime Minister. They have all these clips. <laughs> We're gonna hit someone. <laughs> yeah. Please oh listen God. to the whole thing. <laughs> Please do. Your, your critics are not going to. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying like, even if 99% of him is good, but that 1% is ultra bad, yeah. you should discount the whole thing. Yeah. You know? It's like rot, right? In an apple. 
Mm-hmm. Outside, it's perfect. It's nice. It's the perfect shade of red. Yeah. But inside, there's like a speck of rot. Yeah. It can it can just spread. Yeah. Mm. yeah. At the very least, I think we can we should at least all agree that hitting your partner, whether it's girl to guy or guy to girl, mm. is never okay. Abuse yeah. is never the op- uh, it is never an option. Yeah. Mm. Even if you have like anger issues, it still doesn't justify it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, correct. What would be your advice to her? Like to Pavitra? Yeah. Mm, I mean, like, it's difficult. You are in a relationship because you love someone, right? And you have and, kids. And you have kids as mm. well. So like, I understand the need to like not disrupt things because you you know that things were good. He is a good husband. He's a good father. He supports you with like the YouTube thing that you do. But... At the same time, it, you also have to reflect that does he really respect you? And respect is an important factor, if not the most impo- important factor in a relationship. Mm. And for somebody, for for a husband, for someone that you actually share a bed with, uh, actually share your life with, to actually like be capable of like applying force against you. Knowing the most deepest parts of you. Knowing right? the most deepest parts of you. I have a, seen you at your most vulnerable. It's the most egregious kind of uh, disrespect. Ab- yeah, exactly. So... What's what's left, you know, mm. and from there, you just have to think about where you want to go next. And you, if you do want to do, if you do want to, like, you know, take a step back to see what you can do, there are avenues of help out there. There are people who would support you. There are um, actually like places that could take you in. So there is uh, support. You are loved. You are seen. You are supported. Cash, do you think like abuse is a it seems that there's a stereotype that it's something that's within the Indian community. It, that's a prevalent. Prevalence. It's okay. Juan Hendon was right. Do you think... Do you think that this is something that the Indian community in Malaysia struggles with in particular? or I don't think it's something that Indian community suffers in mm. particular. Mm. But I think it's amplified more because they try to keep it as a taboo, right? You're not supposed to mm. talk about it. You can't add things outside. So when it does happen, like one-off case happens, it blows up pretty big. Mm. I think what they should start doing is normalize talking about these things and mm. it's not, don't bring you know shame and all this um, cultural shaming thing into all this um, equation. If someone's being abused, you speak up, you help them. It's not something that they deserve to get and now everyone's laughing at them, you know? Because mm-hmm. from my observation of what happened with Pavitra and the case, a lot of Indian people were sort of, you know, ah, oh, she deserves that anyway. Damn, wow. Really? I mean, you just have to go online to see all this, right? Yeah, I kind of try to stay away from all that. <laughs> <laughs> my life is depressing as is. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like, it boils down to like how, um, how you view things as normal, like, especially mm. when you're growing up, right? When mm. you're a girl... And you see like your mom is getting treated as such. Mm. And you see that, oh, like when you grow up and you have a partner like that, you think that, oh, this is normal. This is how relationships work. Yeah. Mm. For me, I think the most difficult part though is just that that argument that he's such a nice guy. Mm-mm. We have kids together. I do love this dude. Mm-mm. I do love this dude. Yeah. But he has this, it's almost like a bad habit, mm. right? And I guess that would be so difficult. I can, I can empathize with her. Mm in how much of strength mm. and bravery it would take to kind of separate yourself yeah. from mm-hmm. that. 
it would be pretty scary. It is, it is. That's why it's so difficult. That's why it's so important to have like structures in place to support women like that to like actually have role models to look up to. Mm. To actually see that, hey, she has gone through this and she has survived, so I can do the same. Because she might not mean all those things, but there's no option. Because if you say otherwise publicly, mm. you will have to bear the consequences. Mm. And if your community normalize this mm. and you speak out against it, and when all the cameras go away, mm. you have to go and deal with that. Mm. So I think that's really difficult. And like, like Adila said, it's going to take a lot for her to come out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely could be that. It could be one part is that she is afraid because of uh, uh, public uh, blowback. Yeah. I'm more... I, I, there's legit and mm. definitely need to be dealt But I think that's easy to deal with though. Uh, like that's more... There's a more obvious kind of solutions to mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is like when you're in love with someone though, mm-hmm. that's like more dif- deeper and more difficult. Like, yeah. you know, we've all gone through heartbreak. mm that's a part of that could be a part of it. Yeah, she yeah. genuinely loves this dude, yeah. and how do you? And it's not just like she's afraid, just afraid of how am I going to survive? She has mm. a YouTube channel. She can, you know, there is a solution. Yeah, but it's like I love this guy, mm. and I don't want to feel the pain of separating mm. myself from mm. this dude, right? Mm-hmm. How was jackass his behavior is, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, heartbreak. That's another thing. And that's one. Like you also have to remember that cultural cultural roles plays a part. Like mm. you have, she has to play the role of like the good wife, the good mother, mm. who has to keep the family together in order mm. to like have an intact uh, family structure. Mm. And if she and if she extracts herself from that situation, she would be deemed as like a homewrecker because mm. because of her, because of her wants, her needs, she decides to like ruin everything for everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. that there's, there's also that kind of, that component that you have to see as well. I mean, uh, again, um, viewing it from a male gaze and a female gaze are two different things. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, rationally, like you can see that there is a solution, but uh, there's also like uh, additional layers where you have to like bear in mind. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but are both gazes, should both gazes be legit? Um, yeah, depending on who's looking at it and who who is in the situation. Because mm. let's say, like, uh, you wear something skimpy and mm. you walk at the side of the road, right? Mm. I would be, uh, if I were in your position and I was doing something like that, I would feel scared because, like, I might get catcalled, you mm. know? I, I'm exposing myself to danger, even though, like, this is what I want to wear. But for you, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know? I'm just wearing this. Mm. It's all cool to me. Yeah. Mm. That's tricky, yeah? Hmm. Have has would like in a situation like this, like uh, Sugu situation. Mm. Does WAO like reach out to her? Is anything okay, like that? Okay, so like um, we don't choose uh, uh, like survivors have mm. to come on their own volition because like we can give them the avenue. You can tell them that hey, we can help you. Here's our number. Please call us. But we can't force help on someone. Mm. You wouldn't like things to be forced <laughs> on you, right? It has to be out of your own free will. And especially, like, breaking up is never an easy thing. And, like, yeah. getting divorced, like, yeah. leaving your husband, that's even worse. Yeah. So, like, for Apart you Apart from the financial burden, yeah. which is big in itself, to yeah. even divorce someone, it's expensive. Uh-huh. Aside from that, also the emotional, psychological, internally, externally, yeah. it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally whole, like, big thing. So, like, if the person is not ready, we're not going to force it on them. Mm. Unless, like, they are in danger, then, like, the police will come in, social workers will come in. Mm. But apart from that, we just have to, like, support her to say her, to, like, you know, um, 
empower her to mm. say that there are other avenues. Mm. You are your own person. And even applies to guys because even yeah. guys get abused and yep. you know they don't. It's such a tab- taboo thing or stereotypical to say that um, only men can abuse, right? Mm-mm. And so when guys get abused, you know, it the numbers might be m- way more than we know because yeah. it's no one reports it. Mm, true. We make fun. Yeah. If like we see a video of a, a girl getting hit on the street by a guy, mm. it's one thing. Yeah. We see a a girl hitting a guy, we laugh at it like it's a joke. Yeah, but abuse is abuse. Abuse mm-hmm. is abuse, mm. definitely. Mm. But then, yeah, you guys should have an NGO lah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I, I mean, I might I say know. jokingly, but it's true, yeah. right? Uh, there definitely should be, but I don't know whether me and Jeremy are equipped to handle uh, it. I've got a different project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. He's going to start releasing lines of the manifesto on TikTok. Uh, <gasps> one day, one, one line. Day, one line. <laughs> I have, I have a, a, a friend who, who who got a divorce, mm. and he's been sharing his kind of story of getting paternity yeah. for the child yeah. and it's been hell for him. Mm-mm. It's really been hell. Like he, I'm, It's been like about a year and he calls me every other time to just update on like what's going on mm. and it's really bad. Mm. Even after one year, now he only has like three hours a, 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 a week mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. And the child is in her um, formative years. Mm-hmm. She's like, I think four at this point. Oh, okay. So it's like the worst time and she he really wants to be with her. Yeah. So it's literally been a fight from day one of the divorce till now. Mm. And um, I definitely think um, we should have these conversations where hopefully when we uplift uh, women, we also uplift men at the same time mm. and vice versa. We uplift men and uplift women at the I same time. I mean, not say uplift la, like Because how do I say this? There should la? be like a ripple, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's where people... Are, like feminism, right? Mm. That, this is where people take it wrongly. Like mm-hmm. feminism only benefits women, but mm-hmm. it's not. Where feminism serves to dismantle toxic masculinity. So toxic masculinity is where you feel that men should act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like men shouldn't cry, for example. Mm. Or like men should be the head of family. But uh, when it, when like you empower women, you empower women to like uh, be part of society as how they should be. So you also at the same time dismantle the notion that men has to be strong. Mm. Like, men can't cry. Men can't show emotions. Mm. So, feminism is actually like, covers everybody, you know? Yeah. Mm. Or even if you want um, to equalize the gender pay gap, mm. for example, it might be solutions that you might not, might not be so obvious. Like for example, increasing paternity leave yeah. would help in uh, equalizing the gender yeah, pay gap. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a pregnancy tax sometimes. You yes, know. It, not sometimes, all the time. All the time, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when you have fathers who are more invested in taking care of their kids because they have the time yeah. and they have the opportunity to do so, like women can join the workforce um, maybe like, you know, easier because mm. like men are also taking it, men are also normalizing it. Yeah. That's what I mean by being advocates because like, like tokenism, for example, like if you don't have the right person to push for it, yes, it will be disastrous. But you have the right candidate in the right position in or- with saying the right things, doing the right stuff, it could be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. Or even, for example, another angle is um, you could have a, 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 if ladies, uh, you, sometimes they say, or oh, the reason why 
the guy gets paid more mm. is because he's not going to get pregnant. He's not going to take mm-hmm. like this period of time off. But mm. whereas if you give guys paternity, yeah. that argument doesn't stand anymore yep, yep. because these guys are also going to take off just like the girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that there shouldn't be a pay uh, a pay difference, yeah. like, basically. Yeah. Because I have friends like who are first-time fathers and mm. they're like super excited to be part um, of like, you know, their kids' formative years, what they want to be with them every step of the way. And it's so frustrating to see that they have to, they don't have paternity leave and they have to like squeeze in uh, time as much time as they can in a short period of time. And like, in a way that that's inequality as well. Uh, uh, it doesn't, like uplifting men in that sense, yeah, I agree. But also you have to recognize that there's a, like when you uplift women, that mm. is where that gap would close as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Like a sort of a ripple effect. Yeah, like. yeah, a ripple effect. Um, Jeremy, what are your experiences um, as a man, I don't know, navigating? Do you feel like you are, do you feel like a sexist? Or do you, you because, feel anything? Because like <laughs> barely most days. <laughs> or oh, we were having this conversation before before the podcast. Jeremy said, "What did you say?" Huh? I don't remember. You said something like, "I haven't felt." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt something in a long time. You're like, Jeremy, what happened to you? Anybody who comes across Jeremy, please give him a hug. Yeah, uh, he's disposed of please this useless organ. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've disposed of this useless organ. <laughs> but I guess, <laughs> but like I was saying, Jeremy uh, is very pragmatic and uh, very rational mm-hmm. in the way he orients his life. But yeah. he does, for some reason or another, have this power to give you really deep advice yes. <laughs> when you need it the most. So I was telling um, everyone before this, that when I went through sort of my first breakup or whatever, and at the, ta- at the time I had just failed my exams as well, my yeah. professional paper, CLP, first attempt. So... Call Jeremy, you know, telling Jeremy, you know, like, yeah, I lost the girl, you know, lost the, the, the profession or whatever. And then Jeremy was like, yeah, but, you know, you, you're young enough for a chance at both. <laughs> and it hit me hard. It was Ooh. just that one line. I don't think he said anything else than no, that. I'm not sh- I don't remember. <laughs> because that's all he needed to say. <laughs> so like, but yeah, for you, coming back to the thing. <laughs> because a lot of guys sometimes feel attacked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Have you ever felt that or have you seen that in guys and the way they react or push back sometimes? Against my own behavior or like No, I like back? okay, the one level is have you ever felt that way? And the second level is have you seen other guys react that way besides me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's I think we brought this up in the masculinity discussion when mm. because I I was, like I think when you were, you guys were discussing it like if you have like a mixed team on futsal yeah. and guys jostle with guys and just mention like don't be a girl about it mm. the girls around will be like what what the hell right yeah, yeah. so like they but I think girls need to be empowered enough to be in a scenario to tell guys off yeah because mm-hmm. I think they, I can't imagine scenarios where girls will be like yeah just brush it off they mm-hmm, do this all the mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. kind of thing so definitely there was that kind of expectation of masculinity mm. uh, on some level that was a way that people tease like where guys tease each, tease each other and to some senses like it can be like semi-abusive mm. because they'll just throw it at you like every day yeah, you yeah. hang out with your friends and that comes up a lot and don't you know, be gay yeah yeah. And those those kind gay. of things right the, and that's that, like that the up. what uh, nine nine to one quota nine insults one compliment quota oh, I've, never yeah. heard of I've never heard of that <laughs> uh, yeah apparently like it's common for like guys oh, yeah. their friends to like insult, insult insult and then like okay one, I'll just like slip in one compliment <laughs> and that's it that's my quota. But this seems mm-hmm. interesting. Why nine? I uh, don't know. No, I mean, I, I think it's not that precise. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. Some, it's something like that. It gets the point across, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, so in that sense, there was some expectation. And the way they looked at women, I think something that I've come back to talking to a lot of people is mm. that a lot of men that I've met are very transactional. Mm. It's it's about getting something out of it, yeah. right? Mm. They're not friends with girls mm. for being friends with girls. Yeah, mm-hmm. something there's some there's something that needs to come out of it. Definitely. And so that that is the kind of that's a kind of I wouldn't call it a kind of sexism, mm. but there is a very that's a very strange like sort of Toxic culture masculinity. I I don't know. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I'll do more reading and categorize it as it, that later it's on. It's tricky. That's yeah. very tricky. No, I think that's interesting. You brought that up because mm. I have been an experience where this person is blatantly quite sexist, right? That doesn't <laughs> believe that girls and women deserve equal rights mm. or they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that, all this, these things. And then when they want something from you and they know you're sort of labeled as feminist and you're, into, uh, you're doing all that, they go, hey, so, you know, I think this is very empowering for women. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm so on board with that. But, you know, there's a hidden agenda there, you know. Yeah. So, sometimes I feel like it's a struggle because do you want to entertain that and <laughs> yeah. get the benefit that is going to help women? Yeah. Or are you going to just straight up say, on principle, I'm going to say no and mm. deny that opportunity for girls? And mm, that's really yeah, sometimes that's why really we are tricky. a bit suspicious of guys who are Overtly pro-feminist, yeah. <laughs> or suddenly <laughs> feminist wow, overnight. Feminist. You yeah. know? Do you know this? Um, uh, the sneaker mail. Um, mm. You know, cuttlefish. It's a it's a type of um. It looks a bit like a a squid, yeah, a big yeah, squid, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they have this phenomenon in mm. uh, cuttlefish. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool. Okay. What happens is cuttlefish they expand the male cuttlefish will expand, um, their sort of like their legs sort of mm-hmm. and the Their females ah, uh-huh. a little bit like that and the females will go under okay and so the more bigger you are the more females come under they seek your protection yeah and then they impregnate the females okay the problem is they are smaller males yeah so what the smaller males have done to adapt because mm-hmm. they need to push their genes forward right yeah yeah they will disguise themselves as females mm-hmm. and then they will go under mm-hmm. and then they'll impregnate the females oh, okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta be smart, right? Where did you find this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a biological fact. No, but where did where, where did you, did you find, find it? Yeah, where did you? I don't know. I it was honestly, have, this is the, my first time. <laughs> <laughs> first time ever on Facebook or something. <laughs> it was a random YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those random. Cite your sources. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can check this. I'm quite sure this is true. Um, it's uh, one of these random YouTube videos, uh-huh. but yeah, because. The, the nature this is quite crazy. This belongs in the subreddit. <laughs> 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 so they call them like sneaker males, right? So, but the understanding—I mean, not the understanding, but a kind of like a, a, a comparison yeah, yeah. to these sort of guys who actually they're not really feminists. Yeah. It's it's something else. Sheep like a, in wolf's clothing. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. know, they just want to get laid. And that's what's like their business agenda forward. It's not. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yeah. And yeah. also like predatorial, right? Because like mm-hmm. especially like uh, when you're dealing with girls mm-hmm. and like uh, you are doing sports, right, Cash? Mm-hmm. And like you have. Um, like coaches who are uh, like male coaches who might seem like you know they really want to further the agenda but at the same time like you know they're maybe eyeing the girls a little bit too differently or like (laughs) isolating one of the girls that's like quite worrying no? So like I feel like yeah you know I've worked in a lot of places at this point and there have been incidences of that in the past that have happened at other places and I think that's why it's so important to have female staff. Mm. Not just in coaching. Maybe, you know, your administrative staff, people around that are Mm. female. Mm. So these things don't happen because if it happens, 
not all the guys are again empowered enough to call that out. Yeah. Because yeah. if you call it out, all the other guys who share the same ideas mm. will kind of say, "Hey, you turn you. against us." Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So I think that's another reason, like it's important for women to um, be in that setup. But another thing, going back to what we were discussing, you know, male and sheep clothing, like mm. all that stuff, mm. right? Um, how comfortable would you, will you guys be mm. if? someone like that approach you and say, hey, I'm doing this for, for the benefit of girls, yeah. uh, you know, all that. And yeah. uh, would you get on board for the bigger cost or would mm. you say no? Yeah, that's like a moral dilemma. It's very yeah, difficult because yeah. how do you not allow them to get the benefit mm -mm. by exploiting mm. the feminist agenda to yeah, say, right? And then true. at mm. the same time... So do you look at the greater good or... Exactly. Yeah. And that's very that's difficult. very difficult, yeah. yeah. So I think those kind of smaller situation also eventually adds up mm. to equality. Mm. So again, you can say yes to them and get the girls in and do that and that person have that small win but you win the, the war. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's true. you lose the battle, you win the war. Mm. Or do you stand by principle and say, hey, I'll call you out for being an, uh, a sheep, uh, in, a wolf in a sheep's clothing yeah. and then just end the whole conversation there mm. and nothing mm. happens beyond that. So you essentially become sort of a gatekeeper mm -hmm. that's in a put in a position that you don't want to be in. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. Yeah. But the dynamics between then. the way men and women interact is very complicated and I think we need to have so much more conversations and a lot of things need to be rebuilt. Like, because we are uh, updating. Mm -hmm. Circumstances have changed so much, technology mm -hmm. has changed so much, there's a whole lot of um, uh, um, updating we have to do. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, things like you see reactions to it, like Me Too movement, for example. Mm -hmm. These things are reactions to um, this kind of like toxic, like it used to be antiquated forms of relations between men and women, mm. but now it's become toxic. Mm -hmm. In the adapting or upgrading, it's become toxic. And so now we need to also deal with that. Mm -hmm. Like for example, last time, let's keep guys and girls separate, right? Mm -hmm. Keep them separate, gender roles, so no problem. Mm. We put them together. Put them together, now there's new problems. lah. Like, mm. when you put them together, how do we interact with one another? How do we, um, in a workplace environment, for example, there are complicated things, you know, in a, like a workplace environment. Like, should you be allowed to date in a work environment? I mean, dude, I met my husband. He's He was my colleague. <laughs> what, what, what happens if it's your boss? Exactly. That's where, uh, like, uh, in all our trainings, in capacity mm. building, right, we always, always start with what is gender? Mm. Right? And in gender, there's a power play, there's power balance. So there's like gender roles where uh, the power, uh, there's gender roles where power comes in, uh, where come, uh, power comes in play. And like interactions in the workplace, right? Because like, for example, uh, with my husband and I, we are peers. Mm. We are of the same level. And there's no way that he could like, um, you know, uh, like screw around with my uh, KPI or like how I, I am being like reviewed. But let's say if it's my supervisor, that's why it gets really tricky because like, let's say if the relationship didn't work out, then like he could just, you know, grade me really badly or like not give me a um, bonus. And that's where power comes in play. It's the same thing with a lecturer and a student. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a power dynamic difference. Mm. But again, these are new novel circumstances. And they're a bit complicated. Uh, it's not novel. Uh. I mean, the labeling, like how, how people are like uh, couch, couching it, it's mm. novel to us. But essentially, like we kind of know. And like that's not, why... Not really though, because... I know people in companies mm. where the bosses date like the secretaries yeah. and they end up getting married. Yeah, but again, like those kind of things do happen. Those mm. kind of things just do end up very well and those are the uh, instances where you can see it. But yeah. what happens where 
it didn't end well, you know? Definitely, yeah. definitely. People I just don't talk agree. about it. People will just like um, put it aside because it's kind of a taboo thing to say. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, it's not novel. Like. I mean, you always know. I mean, I, my mom used to say to me, like, because I like to sing when I do my chores, especially when I wash uh, dishes, right? My mom would always say that, don't sing in the kitchen. Later, you'll marry an old man. I'm like, okay. Is he older than you? By four years. Your mom was much. right. <laughs> Your mom was right, Adila. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she stopped you when you did. If not, it would be more years. Exactly. And why is that such a bad thing, you know? Oh, like, what's wrong? Oh, yeah, that's true. No, that's, that's, no. why, that's why you have to like really, really I'm say your causation it, right? is not going to be, <laughs> not going to be able to be solidly proven. But <laughs> Um, That's why you really have to like unpack it because like what's what's the matter with having such a vast age difference? It's because of power, right? Yeah. You when somebody is older dating who's dating someone younger, the obviously someone who's older would have more experience, um, has a more nuanced outlook on life, and like would be in a position where they can influence the younger partner, and that is not good. It's again power play. Definitely, mm. ladies. Um, we are really out of time. <laughs> All right. um, I texted. No I texted our um, Jane uh, mm. that to extend it. Yeah. So we've actually gone two hours, <gasps> oh which my God. is yeah. <laughs> something we promised we would never do. Uh, but Sorry. I just uh, thank you, both of you, so much for coming because I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I really yep. liked it. Yeah. Um, and that's why we wanted you to come on as well, Adila, because your perspective uh, with Cashers gives a more full uh, view. And I mean. This is the reason why we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We want to have these engaging conversations and show people that you can have like differing opinions and yeah. you can try at least to meet in the middle. And even if you don't, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's true. not not like the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And like Jeremy says, not everything is exemplified as it, as it is on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> or Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. Yeah. But do look out for Jeremy's TikTok account. Yes, it's coming soon. <laughs> If, That's we, if, I feel if you like, find one, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feel like you guys should like bring on cash alone because she yeah. has like a lot to share, you know? Definitely. Like such a like such a colorful experience from the young age. There's a lot of things that like, you know, you guys can like explore more. And I'm really excited because we have a, a few more uh, conversations lined up with yeah. uh, WAO. I mean by extension WAO yeah, yeah. and yeah. WAO has been awesome in like hooking us up with all these um, um, amazing no people to talk to. Yeah. So we thank you so much. Maybe we just do like each one of us final message. Mm -hmm. uh, just a short one. Like a one, two liner. Uh, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> How did it get past to me? It's <laughs> 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 like that game poison box we used to play. <laughs> <All right. laughs> What's your final message, Jeremy? Uh, last thing I said was uh, don't be transactional about your relationships with mm. opposite sex. <laughs> yeah, oh, That's a great that's one actually. really yeah. nice one. Pressure. <laughs> you shouldn't think about it in a pressure terms. <laughs> I think for me, I would say I'm someone that's really interested in the truth. Mm. I think we should be very honest about the way we speak about the past. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe sometimes it's more helpful to look at the future. Mm. Okay. More in a more pragmatic way. Mm. Yeah, truth is important. Mm -hmm. But okay, let's look at the future and what we want the future to be mm. and let's build that. Mm. Okay. Mm, for me, like hearing both sides are important to see that um, where is the dissonance and where can you like straighten it up mm. and like especially for it's more important more now than ever for um, guys to actually listen to what women has to say to what girls have to say and actually like give them uh, provide them a platform provide them uh, to empower them for them to speak for themselves because you have to you have to empower them instead of just enable them 
Cash? I think for me, um, it's especially in our country, it's very important to have open conversation because mm. everything right now is a landmine. You can't say this, you can't do yeah. that. <laughs> I think like with this show, we kind of proved that you can talk about anything and everything mm. and not have it feel not have it viewed as a landmine. Oh, no, no boomers, no Karens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just more about having that open, honest conversation mm. without getting triggered. triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right. Perfect way to end. Thank you so much, Adila. Thank you so much, Cash. Thank and you, Roshan and Thank Jeremy. you for having us. Thank Jeremy, you. as always, it's a pleasure and yep. we are done.